Hello? 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 Nice, the mic was too loud, so that's just gonna clip a button. People like us. We suck up. Yeah, I don't remember. We don't like freedom. We just want love. Yeah. Or something like that. We don't want no freedom. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the talking heads. That's why I picked the movie. I'm not, like, I'm not gonna, like, claim that I'm a big Talking Heads fan, but I like, like, every Talking Heads song I've heard, and there's one song of theirs particularly that I like called, uh, Give Me Back My Name. Mm -hmm. I always jive with that one because I found it on, like, a JoJo thread one time. Oh. And it's been, like, my go-to Talking Heads song, but uh, I've always meant to, like, get more into their uh, body of work, and I think this movie... So you're, like, you're a fan, you're just not super familiar with them? Exactly. Kind of like how I am with, like, the Mountain Goats. Gotcha. Yeah, and I also I also just like David Byrne as a person because he's kind of a fucking weirdo. I could tell. Everybody named David is a fucking weirdo. This movie was like, <laughs> in terms of its sense of humor, way ahead of its time. I would, yeah, I was a big fan. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to Screen Ween's The Only Podcast. We talk about movies on this one. Today we'll be talking about True Stories from 1986, directed by David Byrne, the frontman of The Talking Heads, and Prometheus from 2012, the prequel of the Alien franchise, which was directed by Ridley Scott, who originally made the original Alien, Yep, and would go on to make Alien Covenant, which is heralded as the greatest film ever made. What movie? Alien Covenant. Never heard of it. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, Thomas, how you been? I've been alive. Nice. Been, uh... Grooving. Moving. Grooving, moving, pretty much. Just, uh... Didn't watch a whole lot of movies this week. I watched one additional movie, so I'll get that out of the way. It was Blade Runner, the original Ridley Scott one. Nice. Um, Was that... Did that just... Did you do that because you were going to watch Prometheus and you're like, I want to watch a Ridley Scott? I actually picked Prometheus because for like the last two weeks, I've been watching just a bunch of like Blade Runner videos on YouTube. I'm like, oh man, I really want to rewatch Blade Runner. And then I picked Prometheus because I, I kind of shifted over to Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Blade Runner like right after I picked it. Well, and you would have to pick Blade Runner 2049 because you had mm-hmm. newer picks. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't want to do that, so... Um, aside from that, just been doing a lot of, uh, just reading and I don't watch the news, but I read and listen to like a lot of different like news. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I've seen you've been blowing up on Facebook. Like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> Good. <Yeah. laughs> um, have so, you seen the TikTok with the, with the person they have just like a can of stuff inside and they're shaking it and they're like. Please don't make me vote for Joe Biden. Oh, no. (laughs) It's pretty great. (laughs) You know, as bad as this might sound, I might pull what I did in 2016. If Bernie or bust, dude. I mean, I... Bernie, like Bernie or four more years of... (laughs) Well, I I guess now it would matter. It didn't matter back in 2016 because uh, I'm pretty sure they go with like superdelegate votes, but they're doing like actual... 
Mm. Um, like real votes in Washington now. So like, oh, okay. they're changing up how we normally do it. Cause I went to like the caucus for like Bernie and then Hillary took it. And I was like, well, at that point I was like, yeah, Trump's bad. And I did, I knew he was going to come. In hindsight, I probably would have voted for Hillary. I didn't vote for Trump either. I went independent. Yeah. I wasn't, I'm like, I'm not A, a lot of people either voted for people. Gary Johnson or Jill Stein. Yeah, I voted for Jill. I fucking hate Gary Johnson and Jill Stein. I hate them both. And I'm like, <laughs> so I voted for Jill Stein. Like, yeah. she's okay, but then she's like, there's a fucking nut. <laughs> yeah. She's fucking crazy as well. And I'm like, ah. Um, that yeah. 2016 election was fucking cursed. <laughs> yeah, no, it was bad. Bernie's coming back with a fucking vengeance, though, and there, there's yeah. been the DNC's, you know, pulling up. Their oh yeah, tricks. But at this point, I feel like it's going to turn out like a fucking Wiley e. Coyote Roadrunner cartoon, where the DNC's Wiley e. Coyote, where they're just going to do all these shoot different themselves things in the foot. <laughs> and just keep screwing themselves over. Yeah, I just, mean that's what they did in 2016. Yeah, and the, I mean the the like RNC did the same exact thing. With, like, Trump, because, I mean, you saw them, like, throw every single person they fucking had, and then... Yeah. But the people want... Uh, <laughs> the conservatives wanted Trump, so they were just like, well, shit, I guess... He has a lot of money! He must be good! The, the most fucked thing, though, is I think that most establishment Democrats would rather keep Trump as opposed to go to... Trump. Oh, yeah! Because Trump's doing exactly what they want. He's giving, like, the billionaires tax breaks and shit, and Bern they know if Bernie comes in, it's game over. So, I just love seeing stupid old people on like because I I like uh, Bernie Sanders page on Facebook, oh. and every time he posts something, I'll see like a comment being like, "You're not gonna bring your communism into America," and I'm like, "God, I wish Bernie Sanders was an actual communist." <laughs> because even calling him a democratic socialist is pretty pushing it. Bernie Sanders is a capitalist. He's just not as bad as others. Like, yeah. He just has socialist ideals. It's just silly. And it's yeah. always these old white ladies who, like, you look at their profile and their profile picture is, like, a picture of a dog. <laughs> and you go to the next one and it's, like, them, like, saluting the flag. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I am once again asking for your financial support screen weens. Man, we should get Bernie Sanders on the podcast. I would love to. Yeah. I, I've already. Hey, Bernie, we got 63 subscribers. I, I've looked at the amount that I donated to him, and I'm just under 100. So it's like, oh, nice. I've been just kind of tossing like 10 bucks here and there whenever somebody like does something to fuck with him. I'm like, ah, oh, he's probably getting mass donations. Let me throw 10 bucks in. Nice. Um, but, uh. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, and then I've been doing a little manga reading. A little ironic manga reading. Something that most people might not expect me to read. Inuyasha. No. You're kind or of Or in close, high though. school host club. No. Naruto. Yeah. Nice. I don't like Naruto. Um, like at all. <laughs> I've got mixed feelings on Naruto. I think that there's some good stuff in there. Particularly the earlier stuff. And then... It gets really, really convoluted and messy later on once it, especially in that last third. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like most of the time, I bash Naruto, but it's got it's got some good stuff in there. I think 
but I definitely don't blame you for not liking it. The video games are pretty good, though. Yeah, that's that's actually what good, because I bought the first Ultimate Ninja Storm yeah. on my PlayStation. I was I'm like, a fan of that one. And then I uh, was like, yeah, fuck, I'll just read some of the manga. Nice. So, yeah. Cool. I watched a couple things. I haven't watched, like, a ton this week, because I started my new job and stuff. But let's see what Mr. London has watched this week. Um, oh, I watched the new Nick Cage movie, Color Out of Space. Oh, how was that? Bad. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> I, had I, heard, I heard really good things and really bad things. I'm like, hmm. Oh, and see, like, I the, haven't seen the really bad things. I've just seen everyone like, yeah, this movie's great. And I was like, oh. The colors are super good. It's fun to look at. But like, and Nick Cage is really good in it. And he has a more subtle performance in a lot of times. And then he freaks out. And he starts having a really weird accent. And it's great. Hmm. But like, all the other characters that have a lot of screen time are really boring and really poorly acted. Mm. I'm like, oh, great. Uh, what's really funny is the the only other, like, good performance in the film is from Tommy Chong. Oh. And I'm like, what? And it's not even, like, good. It, but yeah. It's the best out of all of them. Serviceable. <laughs> it wasn't, like, terrible, but I, I was not a fan of it. Hmm. It's... It- is it made by the same people who made Mandy? No, it's by Richard Stanley. Oh, okay. Um, he did, like, Hardware and Dust Devil a while ago. He hasn't made a movie in, like, 20 years. Okay. I wanted to say I had seen something about Mandy on, like, the promotion for it. Uh, it's just a lot of people say it's like Mandy because the colors are similar. Like, it's uh, very... I still haven't seen Mandy, so... Mandy's really good. I really like Mandy. Yeah, I need to watch it. I I'm just, gonna rewatch uh, it soon. Haven't gotten the chance yet. Um, I watched, uh, there was a Wonder Woman animated movie that came out last year. Hmm. It was bad. It was, like, really bad. Oh, yeah. Which, I, usually I'm a decent fan of the DC animated movies. A lot of them are bad, but there's a, quite a few that are, like, good. or yeah. Some of them are even great. Um, and this one I was, I was kind of hyped for last year. I'm like, hey, we don't have a lot of Wonder Woman content. Surprisingly, there are not, like, many Wonder Woman movies comparatively to, like, Superman and Batman. Gee, I wonder why. Hmm. Not like there is a stigma against women in superhero media or anything. Um, but that was really bad. But then I watched, uh, like, an indie comedy called It's a Disaster. You heard of that one? No. It's by this guy named Todd Berger. Um, it's what an awesome name! Yeah, <laughs> um, the main character is David Cross. Oh, okay. Um, and and Julia Stiles is the other main character. Uh, and it's about this. They they go on like a date to this like couples brunch, even though it's only their like third date, and they're at the, their uh, her friend's house, and then. Um, their neighbor shows up after, like, all the power goes out and stuff, and they're like, hey, there were a bunch of, like, dirty bombs that went off, and they're like, we're gonna die in, like, two hours. Like, just there's radiation everywhere, and everyone's going to die. (laughs) So they just kind of try to figure out what they're gonna do, and then die, pretty much. It's, it was fun though. I, you know, it's, it's one of those niche comedies that it's like the humor will either like really hit you or you'll think it's really obnoxious. Mm. But I, I personally thought it was really funny. That sounds pretty interesting. I'll have to check that out. It's one of like my big fears if they were to drop nukes because I know I wouldn't be on ground zero. So yeah. more than likely statistically, I wouldn't be on ground zero. So it's like, 
I would just slowly wait for the radiation to kill me. It's like, yeah, great. Um, I watched this anthology horror film, a Halloween anthology horror film, because it's Jan- it was January, and I'm like, oh, Halloween time. Oh, yeah. Uh, have you heard of Tales of Halloween? Uh... Maybe, maybe if I saw like there's a bunch of directors that did stuff for it, so and like uh, Neil Marshall did one of it, Lucky McKee, a bunch of people that I'm familiar with. So I'm like, I'll watch this. Can't be too bad. I have a and, gen- there, and there are some good reviews for it. So I'm like, oh, okay. I have a general rule with horror movies: if they have the most like basic bitch generic title, I tend to like be like, whoa, unless it's like. Pre-90s, in which case I might be more willing to kind of check it out. Yeah, like Halloween. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I I watched it because anthology films with, like, a lot of shorts are kind of interesting. Like, because even if they're bad, they go by quickly. But no, this was just fucking abysmal. I hated it. I hated every second I spent with it. It's really, really bad. Uh, and then I watched Intruder, which is one of the few full moon films that I've enjoyed. Um, hmm. Directed by Sam Raimi's longtime friend, uh, fucking no, Ram Samey? No, Scott Spiegel. Uh, he's the co writer of Evil Dead 2. Okay. Um, which is funny because the other things he wrote are just like fucking awful, like uh, From Dusk Till Dawn 2. <laughs> I mean,. If we're being honest, it's I not have. like the writing for Evil Dead 2 is, like, super superb. It's mostly just, like, the... It's funny. It's the execution. I mean, really the, I think the writing's off. pretty good for, like, what it's going for. Yeah, yeah, yeah Goofy, yeah. you know. Um, but Intruder was really good. I really... It was really, really, like, shallow. Like, there was nothing... The characters weren't very interesting, but it had some really cool, like, fun deaths. And there was some really fun cinematography. I was, like, really surprised. I'm like, hey, that's... I kept going, hey, that's fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's nice seeing... I forgot how, like, Sim... I hadn't seen Sam Raimi, like, act in a lot of things. And he looks... He looked just like Ted Raimi when they were younger. Yeah. Like, they looked the exact same. <laughs> Except Ted Raimi was wearing glasses. <laughs> yeah, t- uh, t- Ted's got a little bit of a longer head. Yeah, but especially when they were both skinnier. Like, yeah. Sam Raimi's now a little, like, chunkier. A um, little, little beefier man. S- Sam Raimi is in the uh, the Shining miniseries. He has, like, oh. a small cameo part. It's really good. That's that's a really good one, right? Yeah, it's uh, better than Stanley Kubrick's. Which It's funny, because Ted Raimi... I was, like... Pretty familiar with Ted Raimi way before I was familiar with Sam Raimi. Like, I had seen the Spider-Man movies, but I didn't really understand directors very much. Yeah. But I watched Xena Warrior Princess a lot. Mm. And have you seen it? No, I haven't. I've seen, like, Have you little seen Ted Raimi and it's amazing. Is he? Yeah, he plays this guy named Joxer. And he's like, pretends to be this like great warrior. And he goes around singing a song. He's like, he's Joxer the Mighty. <laughs> Roaming around the countryside. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've always meant to watch like that, and I think it's a Hercules show. Yeah, Xena yeah. was a spinoff of Hercules. Okay, um, yeah. Uh, Xena's much better than Hercules, though. Uh, that's kind of what I've heard. Because um, you don't hear very many people talking about the Hercules today. But. Like, it's fine. 
But Xena, I legitimately thought was like really good. I haven't seen it in yeah nine years. She's uh, she's in Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, she's like a main character. She was also in uh, Battlestar Galactica. Oh, was she? The newer one, obviously. (laughs) She was probably not alive for the original. Well, she probably was, but she was like five. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was. Let me make sure. Let me make sure I'm not a fucking liar. (laughs) Yeah. She was like one of the main ladies in Battlestar Galactica. I didn't watch a whole lot of that, but my mother did. So I would come home and she'd be like, I watched seven more episodes. I'm like, when you started this, you said we were going to watch it together. And she's like, sorry. I'm like, fuck you. (laughs) Um... I don't know. I watched Gretel and Hansel, mm. the new horror film. Yeah, I saw your review. Yeah, really bad. Yeah, really fucking bad. Yeah, I, it's funny because like the set because like the second I saw that trailer for it, like a few days ago, I was like, oh, looks like a they wanted to make the witch, but with Hansel and Gretel. And then you had like brought up that it kind of yeah you you it thought felt like just a b- more brightly lit witch that was much worsely executed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched Alien for the first time. Mm-hmm. I like I, had, I probably had seen it as a kid. Like I remember bits and pieces of it, but but to the point where it's like I don't think I well saw the whole thing it. ever. Yeah. yeah, I barely remembered it. It was like as I was watching, I'm like, oh, I remember this scene, but. <laughs> It wasn't until I watched it that I would remember those things. Yeah. And I uh, I wasn't super impressed by it. Like, yeah. I liked it. I can definitely see why people like it. But um, there's this YouTuber, H-Bomber guy. You should watch his videos. I, um, I've you definitely seen, the, seen some of his videos because that name is super. Have familiar. you seen the video he's made? I think it's called, like, VHS Scan Lines or something like that. No. He talks about how, like. Let me pull up his YouTube channel and kind of um, through his videos, see what I have seen of his. He, he talks about how, like, the VHS, the format itself helped certain movies because of the, like, shitty quality. Oh, yeah. And he talks about specifically Alien because uh, because everything was so drenched in darkness and stuff. It, it made everything scary. And I definitely agree with that because watching it in, like, HD, I, I wasn't nearly as scared as I thought it should which, be. Which version did you watch, by the way? There's two different I think versions. I just watched the theatrical. Okay, because there's the theatrical, which um, is the version I typically watch. It's, uh, I think, like, most people's preferred version. And then there's, like, the 2003 director's cut. That has, like, 15 extra minutes, right? Or I think it's actually shorter. Oh. But it has, like, different stuff that's not in hmm. the theatrical cut and stuff from the theatrical cut's not in that. So I don't, I don't know which one I watched. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think it comes to like just be a couple minutes shorter than the theatrical cut, actually. Hmm. But it, it like adds more, so it doesn't feel like as slow. So you probably watched the theatrical of it. If you I mentioned thought it was slow, it was a little slow. <laughs> um, each bomber guy. I've definitely watched some of those videos. But uh, that, that video is really good. And I definitely agree with that. Especially, I really didn't like uh, the climax of the film. The last, like, ten or so minutes. Mm. Um, I think it's because a lot of it's the lighting. Like, the xenomorphs, like, go, going to bed. And then uh, he falls over. And it just... it it Every time before that, 
because he was shrouded in darkness. Yeah. It looked good. But at this point, as he falls over, it just looks like a guy in a rubber suit. And it's like, it completely ruins the tone of the scene, in my opinion. There's one shot that I always think of when it's like... I think it's like behind like the space suits and the escape pod and it's like reaching its hand out at Ripley and I always thought that scene kind of looked a little corny. Yeah, there's there's just some corny elements and also like I, I'm just like why why did Ripley take off all her clothes for this last scene? To be sexy. I'm just like what the fuck and it wasn't even that but then it was like oh she has to get in this other suit thing and it like zooms in on her crotch as she gets in. Yeah. I'm like what the fuck? Fun guys, yeah, <laughs> which is and it's just disappointing because the the like fifteen minutes before that I thought would have been like a great ending. I thought it was really really good, and I just did not just like running through the ship and like mm. it it just felt like sporadic and like tense. And then I don't know the last ten minutes didn't do it for me. Hmm. I also don't like any of the characters besides Ripley. Um, I mean, I I I, I like Jones. I like the characters from what I remember. I mean, I don't think they're all necessarily good characters, obviously. Because uh, here, we're just going to throw a spoiler tag on this. Cause that spoiler th- for a movie that came out in 1979. years old, 41 years old. Um, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, yeah, I do recommend it. Like, I still enjoyed it, but... Yeah, you might like it more than London did. I, I probably You probably will like it more than... Um, because I remember, like, the captain guy had, you know, was, keep like, keeping information from her. Yeah. And they make dumb decisions. Like, Ripley's, like, the one who's like, no, don't bring him on the ship. What are you guys doing? Oh, you did it. Well, don't let him out of there. Oh, you did it. Yeah. It's, I think, my biggest problem, and we're, I'm just going to skip ahead to Prometheus just, just to say one thing. I think my biggest problem with the whole Alien franchise is all the mistakes they make are really, really fucking stupid. Yeah. But in Prometheus... Prometheus, they're a lot more obvious. I don't, well, in Prometheus, however, most of the mistakes are made by, like, one person. They'll make a mistake and they'll die for it. But it's just them making the mistake. Mm. In Alien, it seems like everyone's making the exact same mistake jointly. Okay. Like, Ripley's like, don't do it. And everyone's just like, no, this is a good idea. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And Prometheus, I guess I was a little more forgiving because it was just one person. Yeah. Nobody, they weren't uniformly making the same error. Yeah. But it's just like, in Alien, do you remember uh, the, the face hugger, how it bleeds acid? Yeah. As soon as they figure out it bleeds acid, it dies like a scene later. And they're, like, touching it. And they're so close. To, they put their face, like, right up against it. I'm like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah. It's just, like, nobody wears gloves or they wear, like, little plastic gloves. And there's no protector. It's just very okay. fucking annoying. Yeah, it's been, I haven't watched it in a couple years, so I might, like, pick it apart and watch it Like, again those were more nitpicks. Like, like, I had bigger issues with, like, the pacing, and I didn't really enjoy most of the characters. Mm-hmm. Especially the other main, like, female lady. I can't remember her name, but yeah. she was very annoying. Yeah. And, like, all she did was scream. She didn't even really even have a character. It was just, like, all the interesting parts of Ripley, they, like, just made her worse because of it. Ugh. I like the cat, though. Yeah, and like- Harry Dean Stanton is great. Yeah. Um, he, his character doesn't really do anything that's, like, warranted. Who does Harry Dean Stanton he play? play? He plays the guy who has the cat. He's, like, the old like, oh. trucker guy. Oh, yeah. 
And I don't know. I didn't. I didn't like uh, the the little twist they do. Oh. Ash, I think his name is, or whatever the doctor, the science officer. That's oh, the, yeah, the robot. Like it was fought. It was just like. <laughs> also, the scene where they like reactivate him to talk to him. Yeah, it just looks so stupid because they're like pushing the fake head on, mm. and then they're switching it to the other scene where it's his real head. Yeah, and it's just like so poorly framed like of course it was gonna look weird because it goes from a mannequin head to a guy's head but i feel like they could have done that a bit better yeah and it was just a lot of things that i like a lot of like little issues that ended up just like adding to like be really big issues yeah, for the, me the sum of the whole is the sum of the parts yeah you know? i still liked it and i i love the set design of it everything looks great and there's some really good music and stuff, but yeah, I give it like a six. I, I get your critiques. Yeah. I and then I've, I'm like almost done with Aliens. I was watching it before I got here and kind of the same issues in certain ways, except like that some of them are just exacerbated. Like yeah, the fucking. It's bigger and yeah. It's like, hey, look, we're not going to keep anything in the darkness because now it's just an action movie. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like most of the characters are even worse. Oh, There's yeah. a couple that I kind of dig, but they also do, like, the same twists of being like, but but the humans are bad, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, we get it, but that's got the that exact the same thing movie. you did in the first one. Yeah. Can yeah. you just focus on, like, the, a, a new thing? Mm-hmm. Also, like, there there's some things that I like, but that they don't really focus on, like, Burke, uh, he's the guy from the company that's not a soldier that goes with them. He's like, at one point, he's like, listen, we can't just choose to, like, exterminate an entire intelligent race. And they're like, fuck that. And, but I enjoy, like, talk like that. Like, oh. yes, they're killing them, but yeah, there's, they're there's an intelligent... You don't have the right to, like, kill another species. Yeah, no, there's definitely a conversation to be had about that. But I, I like, wish they had done that more. But it's just kind of a one-off thing. And then, it, and then it's like, oh, but he's only saying that because of this reason. It's like, I want to have that conversation, though. That's an interesting conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm just not a big fan of the alien franchise. Oh. To each their own. Um, I also rewatched Jekyll and Hyde, my my jam musical. Oh. I'm I'm writing a big review for that. So oh, nice. I'm like halfway done. I've been working on it for like three days. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I did this week, and then I've been working every day or Monday through Friday. It's nice that I just like. Because before, I was just kind of working whenever. A lot of the jobs in my life, I've just been kind of working when they need me. Yeah. It's nice to have a set schedule. Oh, yeah. That's, like, my number one thing for, like, I require from a job now is, like, if, I don't I don't care. Just have me on a set schedule. Yeah. I can't do the sporadic schedule thing. I mean, I could for so long. Yeah, but it just... But now af- it's- af- After, like, a few weeks, it's just to the point where it's, like, do you really feel like you don't get any time off? Because it's, like... Yeah. When I worked for, uh, I'm gonna shout them out, Boom Shaka. I don't give a shit. Um, when I worked for them, sponsored by Boom Shaka. Yeah, no. it's a trampoline house. The company's called Circus Tricks, but they would like. Oh, you're really just calling them out. Oh yeah, they've got locations all over the country. Fuck them. Fuck them all. 
Um, if you go there, you'll break your legs. Yeah, no, we had so many leg breaks. It's like a big like trampoline house. Um, but they used to schedule me, so it's like I would work five days. They would give me one day off. Then they'd like schedule me for like three days. Give me a day off. Schedule me for like another two days. Give me one day off. And it's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And plus they were, it wasn't like, oh, you're working mornings or you're working nights. It was like, like, here's a morning. Day, night, day, night, day, night. And it's like, oh my fucking God, I hate you. And then the the night shift would end at 1 a.m. And the morning shift is at 8 a.m. And I didn't live in the town. So I had to commute. So I was like, oh, great. I fucking hate my life. But... I don't work there anymore, and I'm slightly happier. But now you're a janitor. Yeah. Woo! Hey, it's easier. Yeah. Carefree. Don't have to talk to a lot of people. Exactly. You know, people can look it down on the custodian life, but I don't give a shit. Weird, because I now my job, like, my last job, I talked to one single man who could not speak verbally. Mm. And now I talk to, like, 80 kids a day. I actually like it. I was surprised. Mm. I'm like, I guess I do like kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it. I like them in, like, microdoses. Yeah, I, I feel like I wouldn't want to go, like, home to a child and be like, oh. But <laughs> if they're, like, seeing well, one for, like, six hours a day, I'm like, that's fine. Yeah, if they're, like, a decent kid, not, like, because at Boom Shaka, I had to deal with a lot of little shits. Mm-hmm. Little privileged pricks whose parents wouldn't tell them to fucking behave and follow the rules. So I had to be the fucking parent in the situation and go, Hey, kid, don't fucking do that. You'll die. You'll die. If the trampoline doesn't kill you, I will. Holy shit. <laughs> That's why Thomas doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> I got fired threatening too many children. No, not really. Um... But yeah, so. All right. Yeah. Are we ready for some questions? Lay it on me. Actually, I have a question first. Okay. Who do you think is the better Paul Anderson director? Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson or Paul W.S. Anderson? Paul Thomas Anderson. Are you sure? <laughs> I am positive. Okay. <laughs> Primarily because he hasn't killed anybody. Has Paul W.S. Anderson killed someone? Like, was there, like, a stunt person that died or something in a set? Yeah, I think so. I think they died. They might have just gotten really injured. But regardless, his irresponsible filmmaking got someone... I mean, really that, that's what happened to Deadpool 2 as well. One of the oh, stunt yeah. actresses, you know, died. I think in the motorcycle chase or something. That's why I don't... That's why I want to make, like, character dramas. I don't want to kill anyone. <laughs> yeah. Or just have action things with, like, okay, somebody's probably not going to die from this. Like, maybe just no high-speed chases on a motorcycle. Yeah. Or if I do, make sure that I make it as safe and yeah. as, like, CGI as possible. Can All you right. believe they used to, like, set, like, fucking stunt doubles and shit on fire for, like, movies? They still do it sometimes. It's sometimes. In a, lot of, in a lot of East Asian countries, like, that are poorer that are in the action film industry. You know, it's really fucking dangerous. Yeah. It's a dangerous life. Yeah. Okay. Pierre's already being super antagonistic and dumb in this first question. He says, apparently things like blackface are frowned upon. Pierre knows very well 
that blackface is not good. I don't think you can tell him that. <laughs> what, because Pierre's black and he's yeah. gonna no blackface is good. I think I think he has Pierre does not actually I think he has think overall black, say about He does not think that blackface <laughs> is good. But what do you think about a, when a character of color is voice acted by someone who is not? For example, if an animated version of the Marvel character Luke Cage was voiced by a Chinese man. Okay. My stance on this with voice acting is as long as it's not a white person who sees the character as black and tries to give them a black voice... Like, if they want to voice act... And like they just, be, that's the biggest issue, is a lot of... As long as they're not doing like this, and, like, trying to, like, get make their voice, like, deeper, and obvious, like, shit that you'll typically see them do. As, as long as they, like, try to play the part naturally, and... They actually fit the role because it's voice acting. I don't mind, but as soon as they like start trying to do like racial stereotypes with the voice or something like that, like a lot of like JoJo's dubs, they they'll do, like part two's dub in particular. Like part two, a lot of it takes place in Italy, and they'll have like these thick Italian accents in the dub, and it's like, don't don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> Spaghetti and meatball. Like, it's it's literally, um, like, shit post here, like, Italian. Oh, good. Like, it's a me, Mario, like, kind of level shit. It's bad. It's a me, Giorgio. No, the, he, he's British-American. It's a me, Giorgio. Caesar. Zeppelli. It's a me, Giorgio. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Um, I am in a slightly different opinion here. Uh, I think that... I, I think it's different when a person of color plays a different person of color, but it, it's more of an issue when a white person is portraying a person of color because historically white people have gotten roles of people of color for, you know, since the dawn of cinema. You know, it started with blackface, but it's, it's kind of still going on perpetuated with white people playing like voice acting. Asian people or black people. So I think that if, if there wasn't that issue of, you know, non-white people getting roles taken away from them because of that, I wouldn't have that big of an issue with it. But because that's still happening, I think that you should at least attempt to hire people of that same race to play a person of that race, especially if it's a character, like, especially if it's a character that's driven because of their race. Like, if it's a movie about being, like, black yeah, and yeah. you have, like, a if, white if person, that's the that's case, then up. definitely <laughs> hire an actor who is the... Um, but when the role isn't, like, the crux of that role isn't about them being that race and, like, those racial yeah, relations they, or something, then I don't think it's as big of an issue. I don't think it's as bad as, like, somebody actually doing blackface, but I do think there is issues there that need to be addressed, and I don't think they're addressed as often as they should be. I don't think it's as bad, but, like, I preferably would want to see black people play black people, or Asian people play Asian people. Mm. But, like I said. Do you prefer a sequel story to an established franchise to share the same characters? In locations as the original or branch off and focus on new characters and places in the lore. If you prefer getting away from the original, how far should it be? Thousands of years, millions of miles? Generally, it it's a case-by-case -case basis. Um, it, 
entirely dependent on, like, the film. So if the first film has, like, more room for character growth, like, by the end of it, like, they could do another character arc or explore more of these characters, like, Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2, like, then, yeah, I'm all for, like, following the same characters. Um, or something, like, but I, pre- I I think generally I prefer like movies that kind of like go off and sequels that do their own thing um, like Blade Runner 2049 is like a good example it still has the characters from it but like it from like the first one but, but it also has a it's more, arguably more interesting protagonist. Yeah, a more interesting protagonist. What's that, his name in it? Uh, it's K or Joe. Mm. Um, and Decker is the original guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, like, uh, Denis Villeneuve. Villeneuve, he said recently that he would be interested in doing a Blade Runner 3, except... He wouldn't want it to be Blade Runner 3. He'd want it to take place in the Blade Runner universe, but not focus on the Blade Runner, because he feels like what you could really do with that role has kind of been filled up, so he wants to like explore different aspects of the universe. And that's the kind of sequel I really Yeah. No, I, I definitely... I guess I do kind of prefer, like, universes of films more than straight-up sequels. Mm. Especially with, like, the Star Wars films now. Like, the from going on, most of them will be in completely different timelines. And that's great, because it's an entire universe. Yeah. Um, I don't even think it necessarily has to take place, like, in different time periods. It can. It can just take place in different places. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, I, I, I tend to just, like, I guess... Spin-offs more than sequels, I guess. Um, like if the sequels are unwarranted, I would much rather them make an unwarranted spin-off, I guess, mm-hmm. because that is its own thing. Exactly. That's like that's cool. That's that's neat. Un- 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 unwarranted sequels, just like okay, I don't really understand the point of this. I don't see that as much as a sp- with a spin-off because I'm like, oh, this is a new product. It just happens to be somewhat related to this other product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but good question, Pierre. Thanks. Yeah, those are both. All right, final one. Oh, are you familiar with David Cage? The name sounds familiar. He's the guy who made uh, Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls. I haven't played any of his games, but I'm like familiar with like. He made Detroit Become Human. Uh, Pierre randomly switched it up, and instead of asking about David Lynch, he asked about David Cage. Oh, okay. Do you think David Cage ever went to a theme park? What do you think his favorite ride would be? I'm not super familiar with David Cage, um, except that he's not a very good writer. Uh, So, I don't know. Something that's predictable. (laughs) Something, got him. Some ride that's really predictable. The Ferris wheel. It's the teacups. The teacups. Oh, because it, like, spins you around and tries to confuse you. Yeah. But really, it's just, like, as soon as you focus, you're like, oh, I get it. (laughs) Yep, there you go. We did it. All right. But no, I don't think David Cage has been to an amusement park. (laughs) Ever. He's never been. All right. What's your movie idea? Oh, boy. Um, It's a movie about a guy who 
His job is to put windows in ceilings. And while it's like an aesthetic thing. Any, like skylights kind of thing? Just any ceiling. Any ceiling that someone wants a window in, we'll do it. And this okay. old creepy man is like, hey, I want you to put a window in the ceiling in my apartment. So he's like, okay, okay, I can do that. So he does it. And then he finds out it's because there's a woman who lives upstairs. Yeah, okay. And then he's he falls in love with the women while he or the woman while he's putting in this uh, window into this guy's ceiling. But this creepy guy is also in love with the woman, but in a much creepier way. So I don't know. And it like turns out that the old man is the window man in the future. Well, actually, I was gonna say it turns out that the old creepy guy was actually the woman the whole time. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Like, it's a mirror and uh, there are other... Li- yeah, I get... Okay, great great idea. No, he just... He, he, he It's him the whole time. He just goes upstairs. And- he's got... At some point, he had some sort of, like, a mental split. So, he literally split into two people. Mental and physical split. Yes. Okay. And... Kind of like he had like that like woman part of him that he was like denying because he's like a man's man. He's like no. So, so then that part literally just split and then moved in upstairs. Yeah, so the window guy has got to like teach him to like put these two parts together and then they fall in love. He falls in love with the old man. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Once he helps him become his true self. Cool. Sounds sounds <laughs> great. All right, my. <laughs> My idea is about um, like competitive bottle flipping. Okay. It's like a it's like a it's like your average sports drama. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about like a kid who's like on the verge of becoming homeless. His parents are like just uh, you know they don't work very often. They're they're not very good people. He goes out. He gets in the rough crowd. And he, like, flips bottles for money from people. He, like, bets. He's like, hey, I bet I can flip this bottle 172 times in a row. And if I do, you give me five bucks. And he just does that. But then, like, this old, like, like Olympic athlete sees him doing that. He's like, we can make it to the big league. Oh, okay. And the old, like, Olympic athlete is also, like, a... Like kind of a bum now. He's not really doing too hot, but he's like, no, I see, I see hope in you, and if there's hope in you, there's hope for me. <laughs> it's okay. just like it's it's gonna be like this really melodramatic, like cheesy, like sports drama, like like you see in every couple of years. Okay, but it'll be about bottle flipping. Huh. I like it. Seems epic. I like to think that they like never even fucking come close, but it's like. This big dramatic like, it'll be like swelling. Rudy, huh? It'll be kind of like Rudy, where there's the, Rudy. um Rudy like is interesting because there's not a lot of like big stakes to it. The main character Sean Astin, he's not good at football. Yeah, he only wants to like play in like one game, and he does like it's pretty small stakes. It'll kind of be like that. I think. Okay, it'll be like this really big like hopeful movie, but at the end of the day, he just makes like a hundred bucks a night instead of like five. Oh, but nice. he's like he's like I found success. Okay, so yeah, the best movie ever made. Epic. All right, I just begin. 
1986. October 10th, a little movie came out called True Stories. Um, David Byrne, the guy from fucking The Talking Heads, made this movie. Uh, it's it's kind of like a, it's kind of like an anthology, I guess. No, it's more of like a vignette-based story. There's a lot of little yeah. vignettes that tie together into like a parade and yeah. then uh, like talent show, I guess. Mm-hmm. So David Byrne, uh, he's in a big hat and he narrates the story. He talks about a small town in Texas, I Virgil, think? Texas. I Virgil, think. Texas, which is about to celebrate its celebration of specialness for its 150th anniversary. Um, specialness. Specialness. Yeah, they, they yeah. always, like, kind of space it out. Specialness. Yeah, there's this, a lot of funny cadences in this, yeah, especially this, from David Byrne. Yeah, this movie... Marshmallow. If you like this movie, you will love Twin Peaks. Good. This movie had, like, the tone of Twin Peaks like written all over it just kind of like Twin Peaks although it takes place in the Northwest has that kind of like weird southern hospitality Mm. feel to everyone so Twin Peaks is a more sinister show right it's it's David Lynch so it's like a blend of like every genre (laughs) he wants to make you feel every emotion so there will be like scenes. I want to make you come. There will be scenes where you'll be like, "This is like one of the funniest things I've ever seen," and then there are other scenes where you're like, "Oh, this is one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen." Right. Um. Yeah. So David Byrne drives around this town talking about the people, and and occasionally he's not actually driving, and he's just moving the wheel like this. Yeah. <laughs> like one scene where the wheel is He's like just like spazzing <laughs> the fuck out. Yeah, I laughed so hard at that. Um, In the fucking like blue background they have. It's like, oh my gosh. Is that supposed to pass for a real sky? No. It's, David Byrne. It's got like the quality of like one of the old Resident Evil games on PS1 where no. it's just like it feels very uncanny about it. I guarantee that was uh, probably very intentional. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, David Byrne does remind me of David Lynch in a lot of ways. They even kind of have the same hair now. <laughs> like, well, not the same, but they they kind of look the same now. Yeah. They, this fucking movie, though. <laughs> it's <laughs> like I made the mistake of getting a little high this before is David I started Burton it. Now. Uh, he he has like the fucking swoop that yeah. Lynch does. Um. So for like the first twenty minutes, I was like, "What the fuck?" But <laughs> <laughs> Joe watched with me. Just kept saying, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> it, it was great though. I mean, I I think I can say I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. Yeah. Uh, it was no, the dialogue. The dialogue in this movie is pretty fucking great throughout. Um. So, John Goodman's plays one of the main characters. He uh, plays Lewis. Lewis? Yeah, Lewis yeah, Fine. Lewis the Bear. Lewis Fine. Uh, and he's a 
like a country guy. He loves to sing, but he's just he's looking for he's looking for love. Yeah. <laughs> so he puts an ad out. He on puts TV. like ads out on TV. He tries online dating. Like just throughout the whole thing, he's trying to find love. The fucking when the ad came on TV, I laughed so loud. Yeah, it's but, like, hey, I'm looking for love. Yeah, because the first time we see him, he's working in his job, which is. And yeah, a bunch of people work at Veracorp, which yeah. is like this big corporation that kind of controls the town. Yeah. Um, and he he basically explains, he's like, I love this job, but there's one thing I love more than this job, and that's the ladies. Not that I'm like a sex fiend or anything. I'm just looking for that special one, you know? Like, it cuts to his house at one point and there's a like a sign out front that says wife wanted. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. Um But yeah, he's just a guy looking to build a relationship with someone. Yeah, it's and he's he's a he's a great character. Yeah. <laughs> um there's also this guy named Earl Culver, and there's Kay Culver. They're Kind of central in some of the scenes, you know, because it's vignettes. But, yeah. Um, Earl's like a civic leader, and Kay's like an announcer lady. Like she's she runs like a bunch of things as well. She does like a big fashion show. <laughs> fashion show is so yeah, because um, yeah, the fashion show scene was great because yeah, her husband is the guy who brought like the. Lexicorp into the town. Yeah, like, uh, Veracorp. Or Veracorp. What did I say? Lexicorp? Yeah. What's that from? Is that is that Lexcorp? No, Lexicorp. I, I might be getting it mixed up with, like, fucking Lex Luthor's yeah. company. Um, I don't know. What? Uh, too many goddamn corporations. But, uh, yeah. Uh, that fashion show scene was, like... It's funny because the very first ones were like, okay, these are fine. And then it's like, okay, now they're just wearing raincoats. And I'm like, oh, now they're dressed as bushes. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, they're dressed as bricks now. And then there's people with like giant hats coming up. And then somebody like falls over. Yeah, and she and has like, like the Bernie Sanders reaction. She was like, oh! I was like, did she die? No, she was fine, apparently. Yeah. Um, and it's great because Kay Culver and Earl and her husband don't speak to each other. Not directly. Yeah, they literally go, can you <laughs> talk to their daughter? And they're like, hey, daughter, can you talk to your mom and ask her how we're doing? And this is all at a dinner scene that uh, and it's not David like, Burns at. And he's just like staring at them doing this. Yeah, and it's like you, you would expect it to be like very like malice. Like, hey, can you tell your mother that... Uh, She's kind of a bitch or something like that. Like, maybe not it's that like, extreme, Yeah, I was expecting that, but they're just, like, really nice to each other. But it's like, but they refuse to talk to and each other. It's, like, other. weird. I'm kind of curious. And then the dad goes on, like, the spiel about, like, no more weekends. Weekends are dead. Like, the death of, like, the old, like, work system and how humans enjoy evolving and creating new things and yada, yada. This movie... It's definitely a movie I want to watch again because I was, like I said, I was kind of high when I was watching it, and they were laying out like a lot of like shit involving like American culture, and I was like, 
So, yeah. I can't. I What's funny tell... is there actually is kind of a sinister tone behind this film. Yeah, no, it's de- it's definitely making some commentary, but there are some parts where, it, like, I couldn't tell if it was because I was high and maybe I just didn't catch everything, but it seemed like sometimes it seemed like they were going to build up to saying something and then it just kind of, like, teeters out and it's like, wait, was, was that it? And I almost wonder if that was, like, intentional I, I think I think so. I think it's more like David Byrne wants to be like, hey, the truth is right there. Like, you just need to like put the pieces together in a way. Yeah, and it kind of kind of makes like sense because I feel like a lot of people, especially like Americans, will like say start saying something and they'll kind of be on the right path and then they'll just like take two steps and then they'll kind of like just be like, all right, I made it. Here I am. I've made my point. It's like, wait, you could have gone a little further. Yeah, made that point. Much better. It's like, but we're lazy and we just kind of like, like that whole like no weekend, no more weekends thing. I thought it was going to build into something a bit more. And then it's just like, the weekends are dead. And then the scene ends. I'm like, wait, was that it? Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, There's also Miss Rollings or Rollings. She's very rich and she lies in bed all day long. Yes. Like she hasn't left the house in like years or something. (laughs) And and she just lies there watching TV and she has like a robot that walks in. She has like a spoon that feeds her, like a mechanical spoon. Yeah, she was certainly an interesting character. Um, and then there's like the pathological liar. Yeah, uh, the, her she's literally just credited as the lying woman, <laughs> <laughs> and all she does is just lie. And like in every scene, she'll show up and she'll just say something. And it's like I I've known pathological liars. Usually they'll lie about like really small things that would be hard to like spot the lie if you like didn't know them. But she's just like. I dated like Elvis once, yeah. or I wrote. You no, know, I used to be with Burt Reynolds. Yeah, and he was gonna leave Hollywood for me. But I said, I need all your money, Burt. And he, he was gonna give it. it to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my gosh, you're just like really go big or go home. <laughs> um, Lewis, there's like a scene where he goes on a date with her. And at first, it seems like he's trying to be like really nice. But the more she talks, the more he's just like, oh, man, I have made a fucking mistake here. <laughs> he's got, like, this big fake smile. I do like face. Lewis because it's, he is kind of a womanizer, like, in the sense that he is just like, he's like, no, I need a woman. He like, but he's always nice to all the women he dates, even if they don't get along. With yeah, him. I, 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 don't, I don't really get, like, necessarily the womanizer. I, I feel like he's just a lonely guy yeah. who's, who's trying, uh, maybe a little bit. Just, I feel like he's just a little too obsessed with women, I would say. Yeah, like, he's a little too he's desperate. like, I need love. Which, I mean, as soon as he f- found it, hopefully he was satisfied yeah. and just checked out. But we don't really see too much beyond his final arc of the film. But, uh... Then there's, um, there's Mr. Tucker, which is Miss Rowling's, like, assistant man. Yeah. And then he's also, like, a voodoo practitioner on the side. And he's like, okay, Lewis, I'm going to help you find love. And he, like, does a ritual. And he's like, okay, now you're going to find it. Yeah. Drink, uh, what does he say? He's Drink one soda water a day. Drink half and then pour the rest out. Yeah, something like <laughs> he that. He just says something. And Lewis is like, okay. <laughs> um, and then Ramon 
who's like uh like a mexican uh oh, like singer the, and he the, also the, like I he's like i can is. read your tones man yeah and then he'll just pull on people's like noses while holding the back of their head yeah <laughs> that guy was pretty funny yeah um i remember his like intro scene and i was just like i was like at first it seemed like kind of like a little harmless flirting and then he was getting more handsy and i was like whoa Whoa, dude, back off. And then he started saying, I was like, all right, I'm kind of okay with it. Oh! Oh! We've got a visitor. <laughs> it's Joe. I know, it's Joe. <laughs> you forgot your keys? Yep. Now the door locked in, like, wait a minute. Uh, um, and then the only other really prominent character is the, the preacher. The conspiracy Uh-oh. theorist guy. Yeah. Who, like, shows up and he has this church and he's like... They're doing it. ABC, CBS. Yeah. Um, he, just, he talks, he tells like this whole story about, about like uh, God and how he was like, you know, built the earth. He's like, all right, I'm going to make these like cool mountains and shit. But tomorrow I'm going to go to sleep tonight. And then when he came back like the next day, it had all hardened. So it was just a bunch of flat land. So he was like, Hmm, I know. God will just make people who like it this way. And that's just how it ends, and it's just like, oh. Huh. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, those are so... The, the plot's kind of... Kind of... Kind of hard to even describe because really all it is is David Byrne saying something. It shows a small little story about someone else. Cuts back to David Byrne. Yeah, and that's we pretty much described all the stories already. Yeah, basically, uh, basically uh, the main story is like Lewis's. Like you, aside from David Byrne's character, I would probably call him the other main character. If not, I could even maybe describe Lewis as the main. Yeah, character, I was going to say David Byrne just kind of is like an, an outsider. Yeah. Um, like to the point that David Byrne doesn't even have it. Like his character, I don't think even has a name. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, he might, but I didn't. I never caught it. Um, but yeah. So basically, uh, you know, Louis looking for love. He's gone on some dates. They haven't turned out very well. Like he goes on his date with this one woman, and she seems nice. She's like, oh, I don't think there's enough sweetness in the world, and her house is like covered in fucking like rainbows and like all sorts of like fluffy just sugary yeah. sugar spice everything nice and kind of shit John Goodman's like I love music yeah and he the whole idea is John Goodman this final part of the film is gonna be this like big talent show kind of thing yeah and he's like I've been making a song for it do you want to hear a bit of it and I, I had seen a, like stills from this like I had always seen John Goodman in this suit and I never knew what this uh like still was from and it was from this. I'm like, oh, mm. um, and he horribly he he like this. <laughs> he sings so badly at this point. Yeah, he I was sings like, badly and he's like trying to like sing like, the instrumental. Along and he with doesn't it. know all the lyrics. At one point, he's like, I haven't made up this lyric yet. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then, that's like the second line. <laughs> yeah, and then like after the song, she's basically like, wow. That was really sad. I don't think I could spend my life with someone this sad. Are you you sad? He's like, maybe I am. I like sad songs. I'm like, 
Wow, yeah, that's like, I don't, relatable. <laughs> I don't really feel sad, but I guess I like sad songs that make me want to lay on the floor. <laughs> you know, like, that's relatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll go. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, basically he goes up and he performs the song much better. Yeah, I, I was really I actually a fan. Fucking really liked the song. Yeah, people like us is like is I didn't know it was from this movie, but like I knew it was a song and I was a fan of it before. Mm. Yeah, it's a great song. I've never heard it before, so um, Yeah. Um but yeah no he he does a really good job. It's got like that kind of like it's kind of a sad song, but it's got like that kind of like big happy energy to it. Yeah, and has a more hopeful tone as mm-hmm. well. And uh, you know, he actually wrote the lyrics. You know, my papa couldn't afford anything or whatever. Fortis. Um, yeah, I think anything. I was. It's, it's something like. I was born in '50. Papa couldn't afford much. But he basically said we're two of a kind people like us yeah. who answer the telephone. <laughs> the telephone. <laughs> oh. Um, and all at this time, Miss Rowlings, who's been like watching TV this whole time and then seen his ad, like he starts to sing and her bed starts coming up. She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was great. Just mm-hmm. yeah. And then we get the scene where for the she first time she up. like. Yeah, gets out of bed a little bit and then you and know, picks cuts up the to phone. them getting married. Yep, and they're like, "Where?" Yeah, because he calls it like immediately as soon as he gets off stage. Someone's like, "Oh, the phone for you, Lewis," and he's like, oh, "Oh, hello." Yeah. Oh, okay. And then they get married, and then they're like, "Where are you going for your honeymoon?" And she's like, "Ah, Lewis is staying in bed with me." And it's just like, oh, well, sweet, I guess. <laughs> I'd lay in bed all day too if I could. Yeah, I did for like a month. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah. And before that, we had like a big parade. That the, was the celebration yeah. of specialness, and that was great as well. Like the lawnmower brigade. Oh, yeah, and then the guys in tiny little cars. <laughs> And they didn't... The funniest part about that is they didn't highlight that they were tiny cars. They're like, they're in Mustang or whatever. And they're like, but look at that! They're driving with one hand! Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's that's most... That's pretty much the film. Yeah. Um, like, there are just a lot of small little stories that are just, like, fun. Yeah. Um, there, there's like-, like, one of the first big scenes is they're all... Like an ensemble scenes, they're all at a nightclub. And yeah, and they have... They like, sing wild, sing. wild life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which like, I, I thought was great as well. <laughs> People like doing funny little dances. One of my favorite little just like one-off scenes is when David Burns is driving. He's like, you know, I thought of the, you know, a funny difference between American and European cities. But I forgot it. <laughs> yeah. I have it written at home, though. <laughs> it's just like that's it that's that that's part it. <laughs> I feel like David Byrne probably actually did that when he was just like fuck I had something to put in the movie <sighs> uh, you know what I'll just talk about that yeah <laughs> it's just um, 
Yeah, and I, I was, I like I said, I like the Talking Heads music, so I was a fan of all the musical numbers in the movie. I wonder how this movie was, like, received when it came out. Probably, probably not well, if I guessed. Well, I mean, a lot of the people that watched it were Talking Heads fans. Yeah. Um, uh, it wasn't a commercial success. Yeah, but. more of a cult. Because I know this. Yeah, it has achieved like success in home video release as a cla- cult classic among fans of Talking Heads. Mm. But... Yeah, I got, like, pretty mixed reviews. Roger Ebert really liked it. Mm. Seems I, I, I don't blame him. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, I I pretty much... I, I really dug the, the entire movie. Like, it's nothing, like, God-tier or anything, yeah. but I, I really enjoyed pretty much every minute of the movie. Yeah, no. I, I really like the character interactions between, like, Lewis and David Byrne when they're talking to each other. And also, like, Lewis just... This is really great, because this was John Goodman's, like... Yeah. One of his first, like, big roles. Mm-hmm. Like, he was, like, random people. Like, he played a random character in Chud. And he was in, like, yeah. random roles, but... And then this this helped lead the way for him to be in, like, Raising Arizona, like, a year later. Mm-hmm. So... And then... And this is one of my favorite roles of his as well. Shortly after he was in Roseanne, and then he really blew... Yeah. Blew up. And then he was just, like... Yeah, I love John Goodman, so... Yeah, no, he, he's, he's a good actor. I love him in, like, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, he's really good in 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, yeah, he's he really is. fucking scary, man. <laughs> I want to see him in more horror films. Yeah. Before he dies. Yeah, I mean, he's only 67, so. Yeah, but. He's just, he's a bigger guy. He, I think he recently got it all sucked out, though, because I think he's skinny, skinnier now. I, I just mean, like, bigger, like. Like taller as well. Oh, and tall people. Well, he 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 for he a was couple very, years though. He was pretty he was very overweight for a while. Yeah. When when he was in the Gambler, like some of the scenes where he's like in the sauna in that movie, I was like, oh my god, is that real? Like mm-hmm. typically, I don't have that reaction, but yeah, I I I'm used to seeing him in a more uh, yeah, because like even an old brother where out there, he's like bigger. Yeah, because he's always been like a husky guy, yeah. but he's never been like it's kind of the endearing part. Like even like I like yeah. I like the thing he it, talks about in yeah. this movie. He's like. I maintain a panda bear shape. And I'm proud of my body and I don't want to change it. Yeah. (laughs) No, I love the I love the cadence of pretty much everyone in this movie. They're just fun. (laughs) And yeah, it's just kind of a groovy time while also having like a more sinister tone in some of its like ideas that it introduces. Like they talk about how Veracorp like came in and it's great for everybody. It's but, kind of, like it's, there's no weekends it's, and they t- drove out a bunch of other businesses and they talk about how people will just go wherever yeah there's a deal even if it drives out like local mm-hmm. so. exactly um yeah I I wonder if that was like part of the intention of the film is like to give it this like actually by definition lynchian feel to it because it's got like this very dreamlike very um like whimsical enchanting like americana on top of it that's meant to be like very enticing and you're like oh i like this but it kind of shows hints of it's like darker underbelly that's underneath i mean i would say that that's like like the talking heads are pretty like avant-garde for like 80s mainstream music like yeah like, there, there's some i've heard some of their poppy songs and i've like like i said the that 
uh, give me back my names on that's got some pretty like cryptic yeah no there's a lot of like even like wild wild life like Mm. if you like there's some like a lot of the songs in this are like what are you trying to say here yeah that's why i like the talking heads Mm. because everything kind of feels like a puzzle as well and have you seen that kermit the frog music video (laughs) that's talking heads or it's like i don't think so uh i don't i don't but a lot of a lot of the, the uh, music videos over. for uh, Talking Heads are kind of the same way. So mm. I, I would I do think like that. That's why I think this film feels so Lynchian because like they're so experimental in their music making. So, mm. um, what what else was I going to talk about? Oh, and I totally forgot. Um, Radiohead named themselves after the song Radiohead from this movie. Ah, okay. I was, I was, I was curious. I was like, oh, um, I can't remember if the song came out because there was a joint soundtrack that was like released around the same time. I can't remember if it came out before or after the movie. So okay, but that's pretty cool because I do like Radiohead. Anyway, what what did you what did you give the movie? Well, seven. I gave it an eight. Mm. I really I think it's mostly because I like. I, I like I like funny cadences. <laughs> that really drives. I'm like, yes, I want more characters to be strange. Like I said, man, Twin Peaks. Yeah, no, you're gonna love I, it. I, like I said, I do want to watch pretty much all of his other stuff first. I want yeah. Twin Peaks to be my last thing. It's fair. All right, so seven point five. Um, Prometheus. Prometheus. All right. This is a this is a movie I like. London seemed to have at least liked it too. Yeah, um, I did like it. A lot of people don't like this movie. This movie, I'd say, at least from what I've seen, is overwhelmingly hated by most people because I mean, people generally like nitpick a lot of like the more technical like details of the film, like. I think I think maybe like more like mainstream moviegoers are probably are fine with it. It's I think it's like diehard fans of the Alien franchise or when people like are like I fucking hate this. Yeah, movie. no, that that was like the big backlash when it initially came out was like everyone because it was advertised to people as like an Alien prequel instead of more of its own thing. Yeah, and then everyone's like, "Well, what the fuck? That wasn't anything like Alien. I didn't like that." And then the people who were fine with it being its own thing were like, well, some of the characters made some like weird decisions. Like, <laughs> I'm like yeah, just like an alien. <laughs> I swear, it seems like everyone's fucking main critique of this movie is that they run like straight for it. I remember that. And I'm just like, but they don't. <laughs> I was like watching them. Like they, they literally go to the side, but there's literally things falling everywhere. Yeah, and I, I was thinking about it. Like realistically, if a giant spaceship is falling on you and from the character's perspective, I bet if they were to look, it just like, looks like it's it, it would just everywhere. they would just probably see just the ship. Yeah, and they'd be like, ah, I don't know what direction to run. And then sh- also just the shock value of like just run. I was surprised they even could run at certain points. Yeah, like, so um, I, I didn't have an issue. I was like, that's that's fine. But um, yeah. So I I remember having the same issue when I was fucking. I don't know, 16 when it came out or whatever. Because I, I saw it, but it's the same thing. I, like, barely remembered it. And I think I saw it on TV or something. And then everyone also says that, like, I just don't think it's realistic that she would be doing all that running after, you know, the abort or the cesarean. And it's just like, I, I see your point, 
with that, but it, it, they make it seem like she does a lot more running than she does. Yeah. Because like, uh, she really only runs in two scenes post-Cesarean, and that's when she's running from A, the engineer, and B, the ship. Also, it's not like she just running is like a little jog. She's running. literally going to die. Yeah. You know how much fucking adrenaline you would have? Exactly. So it's like, I, I, I can maybe see the critique, but personally, I'm able to like... I have I have other problems with the yeah, film. Yeah, I've, like, I've got problems with this film. That, that are not like little nitpicks like that. Um, I also have the problems that Pierre has with this film that we'll talk about. Okay. So I think they're actually like good. Sometimes Pierre has good critiques. I, you know, when he's not just being a fucking meanie but yeah um so this movie begins on earth long ago before there's any life on earth it's just uh just a planet and the spaceship drops off a martyr of sorts who's there to drink this liquid and basically kind of like sacrifice himself into the water to put the building blocks for life there Mm -hmm. um one thing I will say is I do like the design of the engineer. Yeah, I like think when they when they don't have the mask on, I, I like that they're like pretty human like, but just bigger and kind of have different like nose bridges. Yeah, and stuff. I, I like it because it reminds me of like a lot of like the like old like Greek art or like kind of like Greek which is literally it's what like, it's yeah you know, exactly. it's called Prometheus. Um, so I I like that. Plus, I mean, with the whole revelation that the, literally. Humans are just like an offshoot of them. Like they have like the same genetic makeup. That's pretty, pretty interesting. Um, but yeah. So then we flash forward to Scotland in like I think it's like twenty eighty nine. Twenty eighty nine, something like that. Because then it goes to like, like twenty ninety three or something. Like yeah, that. they shoot up. Uh, yeah, like twenty eighty nine. One issue, one nitpick. It's not like a biggest thing, but it's it's definitely a problem I have with this movie and with Aliens. It wasn't as big an Alien. I don't. Um, is I really don't like when like future movies they're just wearing regular clothes from like right now. Mm, because yeah. when you look at it, like if you look thirty years ago, we weren't wearing the same clothes. Yeah. If you look a hundred years ago, we definitely weren't wearing the same clothes. I, and I don't. I understand that it's hard to design clothes that don't exist yet. But I just want them to wear something different. They were literally just like I, I could go to Target and get all of the costumes. Of yeah, it, it's always like a weird, like kind of like catch twenty two with that with like sci fi movies. It's either gonna look cheesy and weird, or you know. Yeah, I think the best approach is always when they take something that looks like modern. And they, like, spice it up or find things that are, like, similar to it. That way it looks different but similar enough at the same time where it doesn't yeah, look but li- Yeah, ridiculous. but literally they're just wearing regular things. It was more of an issue with Aliens, I think. Yeah. Because that was even more in the future. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Because it looks even, like... It looks like they took even more of a step back than in the first Alien. Oh, yeah. Like, well, on? I mean, plus, like, the, <laughs> their shit is, like, totally analog. Yeah. Um, which I, I actually kind of like that when they did uh, that uh, Alien Isolation video game. It's a good game. Yeah, I, I like it. It keeps making me motion sick whenever I play it, though. Oh. Um, so I can't play it for long periods of time. Yeah. Um, Is it the motion blur of it? I, I You might be able to turn that off. I know a lot of games you can Yeah, I, I need to, like, 
see if I can tinker with the settings. But yeah, it's because like it's first person and the character yeah. bobbing around and VR. shit. I, I'm not. <laughs> um, but I feel like it'd be less of a problem in VR because I'd feel like I'm controlling the bobs at least. But yeah, maybe maybe, maybe not. I, I know some people that get like super motion sick after like two minutes of VR. Mm. So. I've, I've I've done a little bit of VR because oh, okay. uh, my friend Reno had the. Vive. Mm, I tried that out. But, um, yeah, so they find this, uh, like, cave painting that dates back a millennium before, like, any other paintings they have that have... like, 3,500 years or... Something like that. I didn't, I didn't take too much note of it because I didn't think it was, like, that important. Um, but basically, um... Paintings all over the world, cultures, you know, that were split apart by time, distance, who would have had no communication, but they all have this constellation painted in them. So they're like, all right, obviously there's some deep shit going on with, like, human history, and it has to do with this constellation. Someone wants us to go there. So we go onto the ship. Uh... And there we meet David. David's my favorite character. Yeah, David's my favorite character, too. I think he's, like, the most interesting character, for sure. Um, the the characters I actually, like, like in this movie, like... I have four that I really like quite a bit, and then I the other characters are kind of like, meh. What are the four you like? I like uh, David, I like Shaw, I like Vickers, and I like the captain. That's about... I don't know if I like Shaw. Mm. Um, Because she's very dumb. (laughs) But uh, that's probably about where... I don't know if I like Vicar. Like, I don't know if I, like, really like those two. I can definitely... I like parts of them. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, I think they both... But the captain... The captain's really cool. Idris Elba. I also like um, his... His two, like... Yeah, his two, like... I wish uh, they had more scenes, because I like their, like, play together and stuff. Yeah. I I wish this movie was just, like, a smidgen longer. I know it's already, like, two hours, but I feel like this movie would have been a nice two and a half hours. Um, Especially when you find out some of the stuff that they cut from it that would have made it make a little more sense. Like, uh... I don't know if it was in the script or a deleted scene. I, I just, like, read a little bit about it, but, um... Oh, what what are the two guys? The archaeologist and like the scientist. The the ones the, that... the two that get lost in the cave. Oh, um It's like wait something field and Uh Fifield and fucking I wanna say it starts with a W, but I can't remember. Um but yeah, so Milburn. Milburn Fifield Byfield and Milburn. Okay. Milburn. Uh, Rafe, that guy's Rafe Spall. I wish he was in this movie more because I like that actor a lot. Mm-hmm. He's like the, he's one of the main guys in White Christmas, the Black Mirror episode. Oh, okay. Um, he's also in other stuff, but I couldn't, I was like, he looks familiar and he's fucking, he's the son of, uh, the guy who plays Peter Pettigrew in, uh, Harry Potter. Uh, fucking the, the rat guy. Oh, okay. Huh. <laughs> Ron's pet. I yeah. Just like, what the fuck is going Interesting. on? Interesting. But they're... Okay. So, in the film, we're jumping a little bit ahead of here. Um, 
But there's like the scene where they like meet like the proto face hugger snake that's like in the water or the like black ooze. And he just kind of goes up to it. And he's like, hey, don't worry, I got this. And it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, why the fuck is this character doing this? This is stupid. But there's like a deleted scene or it's in the script. I don't know which one. Like I said, I just is he like an this. animal specialist or. Yeah. So uh, when they first enter that tomb with everyone before like they run off, there is like, a, I guess it would have been in the original script. But there's a scene where he finds like the like these little worms in there. And it's like he's like, I've done it. I've discovered the first living alien life or whatever. And, it, you know, he kind of gets an ego boost and he's like, I got this. I got this. And it kind of adds some logic to that scene. Plus, he's always trying to impress uh, Wayf- Wayfield. Is that his name? Some of you. Um, Milburn and Fifield. 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 That's what it is. Um, he's always trying to impress Fifield, so maybe he was like trying to show up. Like, yeah, I'm cool. I found that life before. I'll I'll handle this snake, space snake. Um, so like that, yeah, that's like kind of a dumb scene that I felt like if they'd had that one little just little bit, it would have actually made a bit more yeah, sense. Like I didn't mind the scene. It's just like it's like it's even one thing to put your face closer because it looks like this thing's like pretty protective for the most part yeah, but, but like their hands are like literally it just looks like there's just a piece of cloth over them and I'm like yeah. I wouldn't fucking put that, my hand next to them. I wouldn't have gone back to that room because yeah. they were like because the captain was like oh one click west life oh it's gone and they're like well let's not go over there but then they go over there and it's like what the fuck are you guys doing? Okay. okay, so going back. Yeah, so... Um, they we, find the life. Well, they find the, the portraits. Yeah, they find the portraits, and then we get onto the ship where we see David. And David's just kind of, you know, he's killing time. He's a he's an android. Um, but he's... They don't, even re- they don't reveal that, really, until... Like, they just make him think, like, seem like a weirdo for a second. Until, yeah. until the... He wakes everybody up. Yeah. He's just kind of watching, like, movies from, like, the 40s. Yeah, he, he watches his favorite movie is Lawrence of Arabia. And uh, he even, like, dyes his hair like the main character in the movie. And it's insinuating that he, despite being an android... You know, you know he very, has feelings. Yeah, he's human. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like the question that Blade Runner asks, you know. It's not about if the main character is a human or not but if he has memories he has feelings he can think does it even matter like he's obviously got some form of consciousness Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of what they hint at with david and you know they kind of like the people don't really seem to get that like i don't know if i was on this ship and i was like talking to david i feel like i'd show him like the love and affection he deserves i'd be like Whoa, dude, you're cool. I like you. Like, what? You're a robot, but you got, like... You're very human. I, I'm interested. I want to learn yeah, more I'm, about you. One of the biggest issues is, I'm like, why are they all just fucking dicks? Yeah, they're Especially like, Holloway. Yeah, Holloway's like... like, what the fuck is wrong with Holloway's, you? like, straight-up fucking robot racist. Like, yeah. He, he is an asshole. <laughs> and it's like... I, <laughs> to the point where I don't even feel bad for what happens to him, really. Because it's just like, dude, you are just fucking bigoted towards the spot. But, yeah, so... 
Uh, he kills time, you know, he plays, like, basketball on a bike, he learns a bunch of languages, he watches movies. He watches people's dreams. Yeah, he watches specifically Shaw's dreams, and I really like this scene, because basically, it, he, like, just decides to check out Shaw's dream, and we get this, like, flashback to when she's, like, a little girl, but it's got, like, all this, like, digital static over top of it, and she's basically, like... I don't I don't know exactly where they are, but it's not white people land. So they're obviously like from a different culture and uh she sees white people land. Well it's revealed later that her dad got Ebola. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> because Theoretically, her dad would have gotten Ebola in, like, 2070, and I doubt that the disease will still exist by that point. Yeah. It's just like, why would you date your movie so hard? Yeah. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? But, um, yeah, so, basically, she's like, oh, why aren't you helping, like, these people carry their body, or, you know, this person's body, and... He's basically like, well, you know, they probably wouldn't want my help because we believe in different gods. She's like, oh, okay. And then they kind of like get into the idea of heaven. He's basically like, oh, I, I think, you know, despite what, you know, version of the afterlife you're learning about, it's always described as beautiful. So I think it's going to be beautiful. And she's like, well, why do you think that? And he's like, well, because I choose to believe. It's like, ah, oh, that's stupid. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, this movie's... Uh, Ridley Scott, I don't know if you know this about him, he is super anti-religious. Well, yeah, that... It, I don't understand how anyone could watch this movie and not see the very big Christian themes of it. Yeah. It, even more so with biblical references and uh, Alien Covenant, like, more specifically. Um, Fucking... Okay, so... <laughs> By the end of it, I have a couple things to talk about with this movie. Okay. With biblical stuff. Because, you know, they talk... Well, and even, like, Promethe- Prometheus... The the ship, Prometheus, yeah. was, you know, someone that... Yeah, who, you know... Helped the humans. Gave humans yeah. fire and... It's pretty much ridicule... Like, naming his own ship Prometheus is ridiculing the gods itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but... No, I like... You know, I like it. I think Ridley Scott's a little too edgy about the way he approaches his anti-religion stuff occasionally. Yeah. He also didn't write this script for this. this is yeah, but it feels scripts, like he's like, I need you to put this in. Yeah, I need you. No, well, now what if, what if, yeah, what if it's called Prometheus? <laughs> but um, yeah, and as soon as like her dream starts to end, she like looks over and you can see like David staring at her, but he's like. You know, there's, like, a lot of, like, digital glitching over his face, so it's, like, you can't really see his face, but you know it's David because mm-hmm. of what he's wearing and his, you know, it's fucking obviously, uh, oh, I am blanking on his name. Michael Fassbender. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. yeah. It's obviously, like, Michael Fassbender's body standing there, so it's, like, I was a little worried because I know that Michael Fassbender's, like, a good actor a lot of bad things. So I'm like, uh-oh, is this going to be bad? But, you know, like I said, yeah. I did enjoy Prometheus. He, he does great in this movie, and... Is he uh, good in Covenant? I know you're not a fan he, of Covenant, but... 
There, I think Covenant has one good thing about it, and it is David. And technically, he plays a minor spoiler. He plays two different androids in that movie. Uh, one named David and one... Walter. Walter, yeah. yeah. I had seen that when I went to the Covenant. I'm like... And there's a, the fuck is there's a little there's a little gay Michael Fassbender on Michael Fassbender kind of shit that goes on in that one. Are you sure that's not a masterpiece of a film? The, everything around it is garbage. Besides the gay stuff. Besides the Michael Fassbender stuff, yes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I it, like literally everything outside of that in that movie though. I I got nothing from. I was like, oh wow, this is all like. Just the thing I dislike about it most, I'm just going to say up here without spoiling it, because I I saw this movie when I was in middle school. I went and saw it in theaters um, and I loved it. And I was like, oh, man, I can't wait for the sequel because I love the note this film leaves off on. You were 15 when this movie came out. I was or 14. I was in like eighth grade or it might have been like summer of eighth grade. Oh, probably. But, so, I guess it was, like, right before I went into high school. Um, but, yeah, um, but I remember for years, I was just like, I can't wait for the fucking sequel. And then, of course, because nobody liked Prometheus, Ridley Scott got offended. He's like, fine, you guys want another alien movie? I'll give you another alien movie! And then he made Prometheus sequel an alien movie and uh, he basically threw everything I liked about Prometheus with the exception of David into the fucking trash and I was like oh well I don't like that this is why you shouldn't listen to fans they don't like a movie who the fuck cares just yeah, make it it's like, make, oh. a, make a movie for yourself nobody likes it whatever yeah it's like if you're gonna make a sequel to this movie that nobody liked at least cater to the people who did actually like it <laughs> but no I guess not um, alright so he reads her mind, then he wakes everybody up. Uh, he starts... He, he actually... Vickers wakes up on her own. I don't know if it was set on, like, a timer or something. Yeah. But she wakes up. She's, like... Uh, it's not really explained. She looks like a commander of sorts, but it's not really explained her position for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he wakes everybody up. Uh, everybody's having a real tough time. Especially Shaw. Shaw's, like, throwing up. She's, like... <gasps> She's, yeah. like, hyperventilating. And David's just, like, stop. <laughs> They're just like, you're just, you just need to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and they go into this big room, a fucking hologram comes out, and he's like, I'm Peter Whalen, or whatever. Yeah. He's like, I'm fucking old, and if you're seeing this message, I'm dead. Yep. Uh, and he talks about how... He talks about Prometheus a little bit. Yeah, he talks about the god Prometheus, and he's like, now you're on the ship, see? See what I did there? Yes. Um, and then he introduces those two scientists, they talk about their discovery, they talk about how... Like, these different ancient cultures from all over Earth, yeah. like, divided by centuries and I thousands of years. I explained this podcast when we did yeah, the I'm paintings. Just, I'm just doing it again. Okay, okay. okay. Because we're going in order. So I sure. Wanna, I don't want to confl- confuse people. Right. Um, and then it, it shows, like, a map to the star system mm-hmm. that's, like, no human could have seen with the naked eye. And it just happens to have a sun that could you know, support life. And yeah. like this specific moon, I think it is. I don't even think it's a planet could support human life. So they go there. Yeah. And, uh, Vickers, it's introduced that she's kind of like, 
from that company. Uh, she's not necessarily a power on the ship, but she's a power from the the people that are funding the mission. Um, yeah, she's part of the Whalen Corporation. Idris Elba plays like the captain dude. He's yeah. very cool. I like I like his character a lot. And uh, yeah, they they kind of just goof around for a bit. Yeah, honestly, it's just kind of goofing around until they get there. I like I like this movie because I don't know why, but I I always feel like Idris Elba and Charlize Theron would be like best friends in real life, like kind of like a I I I get that. I don't know why. Like kind of like a Scarlett Johansson, like uh uh. Oh, fuck. What's the name of him? I can't think of it off the top of my head. Chris Evans? Chris Evans. I was like, Chris Hemsworth, that's not right. <laughs> no, that's him over there. Yeah. Um, but, like, the, how they have, like, that, like, the friendship. I, I picture, like, Idris Elba and Charlize Theron having that type of friendship. They might not. I don't know. But. It's kind of really scary watching this movie because the last Idris Elba movie I watched was Cats. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kept seeing him as a giant fucking scary cat. I think the last thing I saw him in, honestly, was, uh, the fucking... What, Infinity War? Yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah, because he hasn't been in anything else. Yeah, he was in Cats, he was in, uh... He was in The Dark Tower, but I didn't watch that. Dude, we should... <gasps> I should pick The Dark Tower! <laughs> no, I, I would... I would veto it, because I want to read the book before I watch the movie. Um, you and your fucking vetoes. <laughs> I only do it with stuff I want to read first. I'm sorry. Um, but I, I, I usually reserve them for like very like things that I'm like, oh, no, I can't. Um, and I'm a pretty big Stephen King fan, so I, I couldn't do The Dark Tower like that. Um, Next week, we have Stephen King on the podcast. Whoa. But yeah, so basically, like, right before uh, Holloway and Shaw are about to, like, go and explore, uh, Vickers is like, hey, we need to talk real quick. And she basically goes, you, like, make, see any sign of life, don't talk to it, come find me. And like, wait, you're not going to permit us, like, permission to talk to it? What the fuck was even the point of us coming here? She's like, look, you got, we're not Whaling following. was just superstitious. Yeah. And she's like, look. We're not following your agenda. You didn't pay for this voyage. I did. Or my company did. So fuck you. You're going to do what I say. So they're like, well, that's fucking stupid. So they get off the ship and they they go to this cave. And uh, they explore around. And uh, in said cave, they find that it's got an atmosphere with oxygen cleaner than Earth's, and then... And then they were just immediately like, let's take off our helmets! Yeah, and, um... Yeah. That's, uh, See, this this part wasn't as annoying to me at because first. Because they're not... They're not it's, well, it's specifically also first just Holloway that does it. Yeah. But then they all immediately follow him after, like, five seconds. They're like, oh, he's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, you don't know, like, the long-term effects of them breathing. <laughs> they, they, they do a way worse like because this is this is also like one of the major critiques I saw for the film pretty often when it came out and then like it's like Ridley Scott doubled down on the idea of them just taking off their helmets when they get on alien planets 
because in Alien They're Covenant, just like, we're just going to not wear helmets in space now. No. <laughs> yeah, because they, they do like the same thing in Alien Covenant, but it's like much more over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying not to spoil Alien Covenant for you, so I'm trying to like... We should have just watched them both. No, just like I, I never said, I'm, watch I'm never Covenant. watching Alien Covenant again. I might watch like maybe clips of Michael Fassbender in it, but aside from that... Do you think there's going to be a third... Uh, he's said that he plans on making a third, but I don't think it's been, like, it's not in pre-production or anything currently. But then again, it took him, like, six years to yeah. make the sequel to this. So. See it. I, guess I mean, five. really, that would only be two years from now. Yeah. It, it might be on, like... Years fly by. It freaks me out. <laughs> yes. Years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know when you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't blow. Hey, hey now. Okay. Um. But yeah. So they uh they send out like these little like scanner ball things that like shoot like infrared lasers. Red lasers. You know, basically, like, map out the place, and then, um, then they see holograms of, like, just this fucking thing. Huge dudes, like, running. And they're like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, follow it. And they follow it, and they follow it to a door where they see that it It gets decapitated. Yeah. And then there's just a body laying there. So they open up the room. Uh, well, fight. first they, they use a carbon reader to, re- to be like, oh, this has been dead for like 2,000 years. Yeah. Um, so then Fifield is like, fuck this, man. I like rocks. And he gets like real up close in Shaw's face. And he's like, I don't, I didn't come here to fucking find E.T. or whatever the fuck he says. I don't know. He's very, very emotional in this scene. <laughs> I like how Holloway is just like, Watching all this go down, like literally, this dude's like up in his girlfriend's face screaming, and obviously it's not gonna like resort to violence. But I'd be like, "Yo, dude, take a step back at least if you're gonna yell at my girlfriend's face." But then he's just like, "You need to get a grip, man!" Like as as he's walking away. But basically, him and Fightfield split from the group because, or Holloway. Or, fuck, I'm getting my names mixed Ooh. up. Fight. So after Fifield yells at Shaw... Yeah, he's like, he, I'm a geologist! I love rocks! Yeah, so then he splits off with... I thought, uh, that, I thought that line was really funny. Yeah. The way he's like, I love rocks, and that's not a rock! Yeah. And then uh, Milburn follows after him, like the little puppy he is. Um, So they split from the group, and then... The rest of them check out, like, this room and find the head of the alien guy that got his head cut off. And they check out the room. There's, like, a giant fucking, like, head Head. sculpture. Um, There's, like, a bunch of, like, these, like, little black, like, lava lamp shaped things. Yeah, they're, like, vases kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And then uh, there's also, like, there's murals on the top of the, like, ceiling. Yeah. And then there's also, like, a giant fucking xenomorph in, like, a Christ pose. Yeah. 
And, uh... It's, it's like a statue. It's not an actual yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's like a... But then they the realize, world. they're like, guys, the atmosphere in here changed, and it's changing everything. Yeah, so they, they see, like, see like the, the murals start doing that, and, like, they're, some of the vases have, like, a black goo that starts to form, and David's just, like... He yes. just, like, just quietly takes one of the vases. Yeah, just puts it, in the, it up he in a bag. it and puts it in a bag. And then they're like, David, we're leaving! But they, they grab the head. They're like, we can take the head! Yeah. They grab it and they, they leave, because uh, there's a... A giant one. There's a giant storm. storm coming. So they just... Uh, Vickers is a bitch, and she's like, alright, I'm closing the door in 15 minutes. If you're not here, you're dead. So they 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 get out and they're driving and I do li- I like the the aesthetic like the look of this scene uh, reminds me more of like Mad Max Fury Road than anything yeah. but and then uh, um right as they hit the Prometheus like they're there's like a bump in. and Shaw yeah, like drops her fucking head so she freaks out jumps she jumps out. after it yeah and then she gets like immediately swept up by the storm and this is one of my favorite scenes because it's like. I feel like more space movies need to have scenes like this when they land on planets, because I feel like most planets in space, whenever you like, I learn about them, they're always like, yeah, but don't think about going there, because there's always just giant fucking storms going on, like Jupiter. Like, you can see the fucking storms. And it's just like, and I thought, like, the scene where they're, like, going out to, like, rescue her from this giant fucking rocky windstorm was pretty cool. And then, like, David comes out, and he's got, like, a fucking cord that he just, like, attaches around him, and he, like, does, like, the okay sign, and then just slowly, like, pulls him back yeah. inside. It's one, one thing that kind of annoyed me, just, like, it, it wasn't like it didn't detract from it, but I feel like this could have been something they could have added to, like, just the look of the film a lot better. But it's, like, as soon as they get in, like, their suits and helmets are completely fine after yeah. being hit with rocks. Yeah, that would have at least, like, some scuff marks or something, even if it didn't, like, crack anything. Yeah. You know, just, like, I'm just, like, why is the suit completely fine? <laughs> at least, like, put some, like, dirt or something. Yeah. Something to show that there is... Just, just like a single script, you know, something. Um, yeah, I, I see the complaint there. Um, so yeah, basically, Holloway starts like fucking scolding her. He's like, what? Treating her like a child. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? You could have died. And it's like, yeah, but you kind of dropped your godhead. And given the circumstances, I don't think that that was like a super out of, like, extreme decision. Like, I could easily see somebody. And why they would do that. Because it's like, oh, as far as you know, this is the only one that's on the planet that you've seen so far. And you came all the way here for it. You'd rather just have it and risk it as opposed to, like, just letting it be lost in the fucking rock windstorm. Mm -hmm. But uh, they take it to the med bay. Yeah. And they, like... They realize, they're like, this is a helmet. This isn't their actual head. Yeah, so they have And they're like, guys, we can't lift it. And David just goes, and just, like, lifts it. Um, And it's, it's like, the species we saw at the beginning of the movie. Um, And they're like, are these new cells growing? Like, they see some new cells. And they're like, I think we can trick the nervous system into thinking it's still alive. And so they inject it with something. And it's like eyes twitches. And they do it with a little more. And then it's like, oh, too much. And it's like starts bleeding black goo out of its like eyes and ears. They're like, oh, God, stop it. And they like can't stop it. They're like, David, quarantine it. So they put it behind this like glass wall. And then it explodes. Yeah. So like, all right, well, we can maybe extract some, some samples from that, maybe. 
Oh, but and then Holloway's feeling all sad because he's like, we didn't get our answers. Well, um, there, there, there's a. Oh, I, I guess. I, yeah, he was I, talking. To, he was talking to David about it, pretty much. Yeah, because I, I thought you were jumping ahead of scene. Because yeah, he's talking to David about it, and basically, um, he's like, "Well, I'm just curious why they made us." And then David's like, "Well, why did you guys make me?" And then he's like, "Well, because we could." He's, and like, he's huh. like, "Do you know how heartbreaking Disap- that yeah, would disappointing be? that would be to hear it from your creator?" Yeah. Like, it's very obvious that David has emotions, and Holloway's just ignoring them. He's just, yeah. like, laughing at them. And and then fucking, he's like, well, how far would you take it to, like, know the answers? And Holloway's like, anything, everything. So, fucking, he drops some of the black liquid from earlier into his drink. And yeah. just goes, here you go. Yep. And then he drinks it, and then they... He goes over and kind of, like, talks to Shaw a bit. And he's like, yeah. Well, so. we got... He's like, hey, do you still believe in God? Yeah, he's like, you still going to wear your dad's stupid necklace? And it's like, even if she didn't believe in God, I'm sure she'd probably still... Yeah, I'm being a dick about wear it. Wear the like, necklace because it's a memento of her dead father. This this next line's really bad. Though. No, I, I know exactly oh what God. you're talking about. He's I like, like the oh. idea of this, but they could have... <laughs> incorporated this idea into the movie a lot more subtly and a lot earlier on at least yeah because this is like an hour in already like yeah. this is like halfway it's through like the film a core piece to her character and it kind of it like it's just like it, it's just this one line and it's like oh oh yeah so bam. he's like listen nothing special about creating life anyone can do it and then she's like has a tear in her eye and she's like I can't. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> and it's so it's, dumb. It's, yeah, everything about, like, the delivery of the scene is really bad because, like... Because we see them talking about, like, life, and she seems totally fine. And then we get that shot where he's like, oh, anyone can create life, and it's, like, from the back of her head. And then we just, like, cut back to the front, and she's just got this, like... She's obviously, like, in the middle of, like, crying, and she's sad. She's like, I can't create life. I can't. He's like, that's not what I meant. You know that. You know, baby. And it's like, okay, realistically, I'd hope the person, like, even, like, if this were a real situation, I'd hope that the person, like, Shaw would realistically realize, like, hey, he's talking about it in the context. Hey, you're being of, stupid. <laughs> like, I, But then they have sex. Yeah, they have sex. And then David's infected. and Or oh, not David. Charlie. Yeah, um, he he gets infected, but they they they're like the storm lets up, and they're like, guys, we can't get a hold of Fivefield and uh, Milburn because yeah, right we before that, that scene yeah, they, earlier when they they got wrecked. And even yeah. though it's a dumb scene, I I like the deaths in this movie a lot. You know, yeah. you know, like Alien, you don't see pretty much any of the deaths; mm-hmm. it just kind of cuts away. Which is fine for the time, but then this movie had a big budget. You know, I wanted to see some cool deaths. I love the. So, like, when they're in the cave, they're looking at the creature, it pokes its head out, and it suddenly, you know, launches itself on its arm. And yeah. I, I actually like the way that Fifield reacts. He's like, I'm not fucking touching it! Yeah, no, I'd, I'd probably do the same thing. I'd be like, look, dude, you were the dumbass who went up. No, because they were both being stupid, but at least they were different kinds of stupid. And Alien, like I said earlier, it's like the same kind. It felt like these characters at least were all making different mistakes. Yeah. But, and so he eventually tries to cut it off, and the, the, 
the blood fucking sprays in his on, face on and just like melts into his face. Yeah. And then uh, while he Milburn... Falls, impor- it, important detail, after it hits his face, his face goes face first into the black goo. Yeah. And then, yeah, then it see crawls it. into... Uh, yeah, it breaks fucking uh, Milburn's arm. Yeah. That The break sounded really good, like convincing. And it looked really good. Like, I went, eh. Yeah. <laughs> it was... Like, I really like these two deaths. They look really good, mm-hmm. even though the setup was pretty dumb. Yeah. I feel like a lot of setups are really dumb in this movie, but the executions are at least good, I guess. Or vice versa. Yeah. Because there, there are some that I like this. There's some things that I like the setup for, but some of the executions are bad. Like like the Shaw thing, for example. Like, like I like the idea that she can't have a child it oh. adds into like the themes of the movie thematically it works but like I said the execution was just really bad on that part um but yeah it breaks his arm and it, it has a open part of his suit now yeah pretty much tore it so it crawls in and it I like like I said the creature looks really cool yeah it looks and it, good like, crawls and then it crawls in his mouth and, like, and then it cuts back and then I think that's when Holloway goes into Shaw's talk and they talk and fuck yeah but then Storm lets up and they go out uh, um, he wakes up the next morning and he, like, looks in And he here. sees, like, something, like, there are, like, snakes in yeah. his, like, eye. Yeah, in his iris or whatever. And But he's, like, doesn't say anything because Holloway's a fucking idiot. Yeah. Holloway's the... That's if, the biggest problem. Is all the science officers are always the stupidest fucking people in these movies. Yeah, well, to be fair, he is just uh, an archaeologist who got sent into yeah. space. But, I mean, I'm I'm not a fucking astronaut, but if I went to space... And I noticed I had caught some sort of disease. I'd be... My thought process would be, well, well, I'm probably going to die anyway. So I shouldn't fear the thought of everyone wanting to quarantine or kill me on the ship. So I should just come clean and let my, you know, fucking... My wife, fiance... Are they married? I don't think so. I don't think they're married. Um... Let my partner and all these other countless people on the ship get whatever disease I might have. And it's like, just don't be a dick. Just yeah, Holloway's just a fucking asshole. I'm like, Shaw, why are you with this guy? I, I had the same thoughts. My, like, my, I don't my really thought like Shaw that much, but I was like, what the fuck? Because he has a similar field of expertise, so he's got, like, that kind of common knowledge, but he's a bit vastly, like different character from her because you know he's like oh I'm I'm outgoing and courageous kind of stupid I, I don't know and I guess she likes that maybe I don't know <laughs> I um, say. but then uh, so the storm lets up and they go searching for them um, and by the time they, they, get, they get to a place pretty much nothing like really big happens but they they get into that room again and all the vases are filled with black goo they're like that's not what it looked like before and they they find the bodies and uh the guy uh fifield who had the goo in like in his face you know there's there's something in his throat that jumps out at someone and it misses but it like crawls away and they're like guys we gotta get out of here yeah and uh david that Melbourne's nowhere to be seen, I don't think. Because um, he shows up later. I don't know if he's in this room, but no, they, they don't see him. Um, no, they find... 
I think they find Milburn in the scene. And then Fifield is the one who shows up later. Because it was Fifield who had his face in the black goo. And it was Milburn who had something in his mouth that would eventually jump out. Because Fifield is the one who comes back later. Because that black goo is what, like, mutates people and, like, creates... Well, yeah, but it's also where the stuff lives as well. So well, I just I, assume I that's, that's a fair point. Uh, but it, it, I'm pretty sure it is Fifield, the one who comes back later. Um, but... Yeah, you're right. While all this is going on, this is the part where David, like, goes off and explores on his own, right? Um, yes, David's yeah. good. Yeah, and Vickers is like, hey, show me your yeah. show me your feet. And, but Send as soon as he gets room. into this, like, big room he finds, he shuts off his thing. Yeah. And she's like, you fucking ass. Um, a point that we forgot to bring up at this point, um, it, uh, Vickers finds a scene earlier. I don't, it's, like, slightly earlier into the movie, but basically finds out that David's been, like, communicating with Wayland, who is alive on the ship. And then there's like a scene where she confronts him and she's like, what did he say? And he's like, he wouldn't want me to tell you. And she's like, what did he say? And then he's like, try harder. <laughs> and she gets really fucking mad at him. <laughs> um, yeah. That's uh, um, that it's also that when Milburn and Fifield died because Idris Elba and Charlize Theron were fucking in the other room and no one was there to hear their call. Maybe, as far as we know. Well, maybe they could have been playing Yahtzee. Well, no, there, there, there's a theory. Um, which, okay, I'm, I'm just gonna bring it up now since it's relevant. It, I don't. Obviously, Vickers I think is, they fucked, but. Mm-hmm. What um, is the theory that she actually is a robot? Yes. Mm. And just doesn't know it. Um, but. I mean, I could see it. I guess we'll talk about that later when we get further yeah. on. I guess we'll talk about that at the end. Um, but they, they do go to the, each other's rooms. The biggest issue I have with this is I'm like, where were the other two people that were on the bridge earlier? Like, why, why wasn't somebody watching the bridge to get communications with them if they call? I figured. Maybe it's a small crew, and maybe they all. I mean, it does say bed. Prometheus has a crew. Like there were nineteen people aboard. Yeah, but I'm just like, if there's three people that are working the bridge, why can't just one of them be there at all times? I know Idris is like, oh, gotta go fuck, but couldn't he just call up one of his teammates and be like, hey, I need you to come watch this for like forty five minutes? But no, he just so so they die. But they so David finds this big room. And like he, he sees another hologram thing. Yeah. Where these all these aliens come in and they're uh, trying to like, they start a terminal. They start a terminal by using a flute. Yep. I love that. I love when flutes are used as like a... Oh, you're going to love the next one. And that homoerotic scene with Michael Fassbender, there's also a flute. It's just like Power Rangers. Because the Green Ranger used the, the flute to summon his Zord. Yeah. So... That's, I think I think that's why I like that scene. Like, oh, okay. um, but he sees like, and then they summon this big star map, and they have a, a thing of a map of Earth. So you know. mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but then he eventually starts wandering back to the ship, uh, and they before he gets oh he he sees one of them still alive. There's one in a incubator, yeah. like, still alive, um, and then. Meanwhile, in that same room with the vases and the xenomorph uh, mural thing, um, Holloway's like dying. He's like, oh, 
<laughs> and they're like, guys, we gotta go right now. So they, they do. And they start making it back to the ship. Um, and she's like, they're like, Vickers, open up right now. And she's like, I'm not doing that. But she, like, does. But she picks up a flank. Yeah, she's first. like, she's like, I'm not letting that fucker on board. Something that Ripley should have done in Alien. <laughs> and basically, uh, Holloway's like, yeah, do it. Like, Yeah, he, like, he, like, starts walking. He's like, do it. Kill me. I almost wish there was a line, because he, like, comes right up on, like, the door as it, like, where it would, like, close. And I'd be like... If I was Vickers, I'd be like, all right, I'll do it, but take a step, like, two steps back into the gravel over there. That way you're, like, boiling alien goo doesn't get all over the floor. Because it would be a, yeah. an issue. Like, it'd be yeah. something that definitely comes to mind. But in they, a quarantine he lights situation. on fire, and then they... Then it cuts to, I think, uh, Shaw just, like, in a, the med bay. Yeah, she basically passes out from yeah. grief. And, then, and David's like taking her necklace. He's like, this she wakes is up. Mine. He's like, I have to take it because it might be uh, contaminated. And she's like, all right. He's like, oh man, what a shame. And what a shame in such a similar fashion to your father who died of Ebola. And she's like, how do you know that? He's like, I watched your dreams. And she's like, oh, I don't like that. And he's like, well, here, let me give you a sedative. By the way, you're like three months pregnant. And she's like, she's like what? what? Give me an abortion. He's like, I can't, but we can cryogenically freeze you and take care of it later. And she's like, no, just no. get it out of me. But like, yeah. she has a sedative. Then two uh, officers come in and they're going to... Uh, I like the scene because they slap her cheek a little. They're like, hey, you awake? And she's like, she's pretending to be asleep. Yeah. And then as soon as they turn around, she like fucking grabs like... I don't know. It looked like a napkin dispenser. Yeah. It was just some random metal thing. She like hits him in the head and runs. Yeah. And I'm just like, where did they go? <laughs> because she like runs to this other med place with like a she uh, runs automated to thing. Room. Was that in Vicar's room? Yeah, because earlier uh, when they like first have that briefing where she's like, I'm, you know, it's we're following my agenda because it's my company that paid for it. Um, they have that part where uh, Shaw notices like the med pod in the back. She's like, wow, this is awesome. And she's like, don't fucking touch my med pod. You know how fucking expensive that thing is? Get your fucking peasant hands off of it. She doesn't say it verbatim like that, but I mean, it's in that like third or fourth scene. But yeah, it's... Uh, I guess this, this leans into that theory then. About Vickers being an android. Because this med pod's supposed to be male only. Yeah. So if she didn't... So it wouldn't be useful yeah. to her. My, my, my main theories, like the things that I think contribute to her being a robot are... Obviously she's not... I mean, she's very robotic. I mean, obviously there are people like that. But I mean, that feeds into the theory. Uh, very stoic, very serious. Kind of like you. I can be. Or I can be tons Are of you fun. a robot? I, I might be. Um, she, She's the one who automatically wakes up from the cryogenic sleep and seemingly is the only one who isn't, like, fucking sick. She's obviously, like, doing push-ups immediately yeah. after. Um, and... Yeah, there's that scene where Idris Elba's like, are you a robot? And obviously, um, Waylon doesn't really consider her much of a kid, because that's who she's yeah. at least insinuated to be. If not an android created for him, then a, her 
well, yeah, she, his she, daughter. She calls him father. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So does, uh, I think David does too, though. Yeah, but like, Waylon, that, that's another, like, Waylon, you know, was made David to be like his son. So, yeah. theoretically, I can't uh, remember if he says, because he says, he, he's the David, closest thing to a son I ever Yeah. Had. Oh, does he say son? I wasn't sure if he said son or child. He said son. Okay. And then, um, yeah, then you get a sad look at Vicar's face. But my, my theory is if they had originally, or if they had gone with the sequel, or with a sequel that would have directly followed this, I think that she would have come back for the sequel, because I think she'd be like an android who survived the, uh, the ship falling on her at the end. Mm. It would at least, that, that would be my theory, but I don't know. Probably not. She's probably just a dumb, dumb person who died. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so she goes into this med pod and she's like, I need a cesarean. And they're like, sorry, this is programmed only for men. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Why would an automated made med pad, like pod only be for one like men? Like, well, because the future is no different from now because most of our medical knowledge is actually from men. Because for some reason, we back in the day, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll just like do all of our medical science on men and just shift it over and figure it out for women. It, but it's just, it was just a bizarre thing. And I yeah. don't really think it was needed. I, like, my, but she's like, no, now I'm going to punch it in instead. I, and it's I, an abdominal injury, foreign body. I, got, I think what it is, is I think that that is solely Waylon's pod. Yeah, that would make more um, sense. And I, he probably was just like, yeah, this is mine. No one else can use it. Maybe to the point where he was a dick and he's like, I'm gonna get one specifically designed for men. And that's why it's no abortion. I (laughs) none of that in this. I believe in God. I'm gonna go talk to him. (laughs) Um, but she does like get a successful cesarean and it's like, try. I do like this scene. This is the scene that got the movie greenlit because, yeah. Oh, apparently the screenplay writer was like, described this scene and then like, Ridley was like, this is the one. I like you, kid. You're gonna go places. <laughs> but, um. That's probably what he sounds like. Or he has like a, he's like, I don't like, he probably has like a weird gruff voice. I, I, I hate God. <laughs> I, I know I've seen clips of Ridley Scott talking, but I, for the life of me, can't remember what he talks like. So probably some boring old white guy voice. Um, but they, it cuts it out and it's like holding the, the little baby squid like a, thing. Yeah. I like it. And she's like, <laughs> She's like going out of it, like, ah! yeah, she's like squeezing, <laughs> squeezing on it. Don't touch me! And then she closes it up and she like runs out pretty Yeah, much. she decontaminates yeah. and it like just kind of sprays it and it kind of passes out or something. Yeah. And then she runs out and uh, she finds Wayland, who's still alive. And yep. she's like, what the fuck is going on? Meanwhile, before we do this, this movie cuts around a lot, especially around this scene. Uh, also, on, I want I want to bring up one other major critique I see a lot with this film, and that is Waylon's makeup. Which I why s- didn't they get an old person to play him instead of Guy Pierce? Um, is there a reason? Because Guy Pierce is like forty. <laughs> yeah. Um, they originally shot some footage for this movie. I'm pretty sure if I remember hearing about this correctly. But they had shot in some, like, or at least had planned to shoot some scenes of him when he was younger, which they do in uh, Alien Covenant. Like, they have mm. a younger Wayland in that movie. Okay. Um, it's a flashback, but... Um, yeah, so I think that was their line of thought. So they were 
just doing the old man makeup for that. Um, I think it obviously doesn't look like great, but I don't mind it too much because I watch Star Trek and they do the same thing, but way worse in Star Trek a lot where they'll have like characters who are supposed to be like next level old and they'll like put them in like super really bad old man makeup. So I guess I was just kind of used to it from that. So, yeah. But yeah, I, I see the critique. I get. I didn't. It. I didn't mind it. It like, it felt like it felt like not a real old man in yeah. the sense that it felt like he was so old and had gotten so many surgeries that he didn't even like look like a person anymore in a, in a sense. So I tech, I wasn't really. How old was he supposed to be? Because <laughs> it looked like he was like a hundred and thirty. I think they like late nineties or something like that. Because if he was like a hundred and twenty or whatever. Maybe. He could, or no, actually, if he was like a hundred and five, he could be a millennial. Oh my god. <laughs> I was trying to figure out how old he would have to be to be a millennial when That's he was first introduced. fucking right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Guys, it's a millennial. <laughs> fucking millennials. You think, you think you would have... I mean, this man lived... Fucking millennials wanting to meet their creator. <laughs> But he, he's alive, and uh, outside, though, Fifield shows back up all mutated and deformed, and he just starts fucking killing people. Yeah. He just, like, bashes their face in. Yeah, he's um, super fucking strong. Yeah. And then, uh, but everybody starts shooting him. what comes out, he's like, time to die, and they, they kill him. He, he dies. Yeah. So basically... And then back inside, uh, Shaw's like, what the fuck is going on here? And David's like... Wayland's been here the whole time. <laughs> and Wayland was like, I didn't want to die, like, knowing I had a few good days left, so I had myself frozen until we got here. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to put go. him in an exoskeleton and then uh, the suit, and yeah. they all walk to the place where the live one is. Well, there, there, there's a couple things that go on. Um, so, obviously, they, like, talk a little bit more, and he talks about, like, you know, Oh, we're gonna go see where this live one is because Shaw's like, wait, there's the fucking live one. What the fuck? And like, oh yeah, didn't tell you about that. There is. Um, and then uh, she's getting ready, and then Idris Elba comes in, and this is an important line because it basically sets up his next scene, um, where basically he's like, I can't, I can't let. And he's like, look, back. this isn't a fucking plan. No one would do this, this kind is of a shit. Military base. Yes, this has to be like a military base. Um, and so I think that whatever the fuck they were doing, they were gonna fucking destroy Earth, and I can't let any of this shit go back to Earth. I will, he basically says, I will fucking die before that happens. I don't remember verbatim what he says. But he's yeah, like, he's right. like, I will not let, I'll stop I will do no whatever. What. Yeah. Um, but she's like, yeah, but okay. And she pretty much agrees with them. Yeah. So then she goes out and they go to meet the... Vickers also, this is when she reveals that she's, like, Wayland's daughter. Yeah. Or a Ray android. Because she basically goes and she's Dad, every king has his reign and then It is time for me to take the throne now, darling, pretty much. She's like, you need to die. She does, like, this weird thing where she, like, tries to, like, Eskimo kiss his... His weird old man nose. And then he, like... Or I guess, I guess it's not an Eskimo kiss. I, she rubs her nose against his fingers, but then he, like, fists it up as a sign of disapproval. And she's like, hey. 
Um, but then they go, Vickers stays, uh, the captain stays, and then, like, his two crewmates stay. Like, a couple people stay. Yeah. But, um, probably, I think, like, four people go. It's David, it's one guard, it's Wayland, and it's Shaw. Jordan was just telling me that somebody plays one of Wayland's guys. It was somebody... He says they're, like, an unnamed character, and I can't remember who, for the life of me, he was telling me it was, though. But I was like, really? They're in this movie? I didn't fucking know that. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I digress, though. Um, so... They go to meet the engineer. And basically, like, as soon as they get in there, David's like, you can take off your helmet. It's fine. And then... Uh, Shaw's like, wait, we don't know how Charlie got infected. And he's like, it wasn't the air. And basically, and they, yeah, he pretty much, she like looks at him, she's like, what? How do you know? And then he just kind of stays quiet. And, and then like, they just keep going. So she basically puts two and two together. And then, yeah, they go, they wake up the engineer. And I like, <laughs> I like Shaw's, she, she immediately is like, she, uh, um, Way he stands up and the, the engineers have to be like nine feet tall. They're yeah. huge. Um, and Wayland's like, David, tell him, ask him. And he's asking like questions. What? Why did you make us? You know. Yeah. And she's like, What the fuck were you doing? Why were you gonna kill humanity? Yeah. The scene's weird because it like gets down on his knee at first, like it's gonna hear them out. Like it's like, oh, cool. The humans came and like got me. And it almost seems like for a moment it's not gonna. <coughs> like, kill them or has any malice towards them, but then he kind of, like, like, then Shaw starts screaming at him, and he's, he kind of just, he doesn't look angry that she's screaming at him, but he looks confused, and then, like, one of the guards, like, gets her in the stomach with the gun, and it's obviously, he's like, oh, yeah, this isn't very good, and then he, David asks him the question, and, like, he's like, oh, Hmm. And then rips, he rips David's, David's head, head off. off. And beats Wayland to death with it. And then, like, kills the other guards and the other people that are there. And then Shaw runs away. Yeah. And then this, I really like this part, but, like, Wayland is like, there is nothing. And Michael Fassbender says, just like, I know. <laughs> Have a good journey, sir. Have a good journey, Mr. Wayland. <laughs> And then, yeah. Uh, and they, then Shaw runs and is, like, running and... Uh, she basically runs to the ship. And she's, uh, fucking Idris Elba's, like, and Vickers are, like, time to go home. And they're, like, getting ready to leave. And she's and, like, Prometheus, come in! And he's like, Shaw, is that you? And they, they, they realized a little earlier that it's a ship they were on. It wasn't, like, just a tunnel. Like, yeah. it was a ship. And she's like... And she's like, they're gonna, they're gonna take it to Earth. You know you have to stop it. And he's like... All right. Okay. <laughs> he's like, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, eh, go to your escape pod, bitch. I'm killing myself. And he like fucking, he does something to the ship that makes it pretty much like a bullet. Yeah. Um, and she, he like shoots an escape, like she shoots herself out into escape pod. And then his two he, guys, they're like, he's like, you guys can go too. And, <laughs> and they're, they're like, like, you're a fucking ship pilot. We need to be here. Yeah. And they've had this bet along the whole way, and that like, like I said, the, the dialogue between them is pretty good. They're like, yeah. I mean, don't think this means the bet's off, even though they know they're about to die. And he's like, okay, pay me in the next life. But, and then, yeah, I, and then I they, like their little like hands up. Yeah, right they're like, they do it. <laughs> and then they they fucking hit the ship. And the, like I said, the visuals for a lot of the visuals, like the storm and the ship, 
Colliding, yeah. they look great. I really like them. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the, I bought the 4K for this. So. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. Um, and then, and then that's when uh, Charlize Theron like gets out of her escape pod, and then Shaw's like running, and she's running, and the thing's falling. Yeah, and then like, yeah, she- I really didn't because there are things falling everywhere, and this thing, if it was falling, all you could see was this thing. So like, yeah, running sideways, but like, Shaw like trips, and then Vickers and then keeps rolls running, out of the way, and then like, yeah, she kind of like sees it's like, oh, the fuck, I can just roll this way, yeah. and then. Vickers is still running straight, and she's like, ah, ah, and then just gets squished to death, and then, um, yeah, and then basically, like, Shaw also gets, like, squished, but it's, like, it she falls gets, on, like, like, a rock, rock so, yeah. like, it, like, scratch, like, <laughs> like, it basically kinda, knocks her out. Yeah. Uh, and then her little helmet notification saying, you've got two minutes of oxygen left, wakes her up, and then she's like, oh, shit. So she goes back to the med or the escape pod that yeah because there was there was the escape pod that uh, she went out and then there was also like pretty much the what one of the I think it was her room it was Charlie's oh well yeah room. she goes she goes to Vicar's room and then because Vicar's couldn't make it to her room which is an escape pod yeah so she had to take like just this literal like just little like basically like tube escape yeah. thing. And um, so she's going to go there because it has, like, life support and yeah. stuff. And she gets in there. And she sees in the room that squid thing is, like, fucking 30 feet long now. Yeah, but it's blocked off by this door. And she's like, oh, shit. And then uh, David's been talking to her because he's like, hey, Shaw, is that you? And she's like, yeah, it's the me. fuck do you want? <laughs> uh, he's like, I need your help. And she's like, why or how would I help you? And he's like, well, because um, I can get us out of here. I know how to fly this ship. Um, but, there's, there's a, by the way, there's a shit ton more ships here. But first he's like, Hey, just so you know, an engineer's coming for you. Oh yeah. And he like breaks through the door and she's like, ah, and yeah. she's like, he like grabs her and she's like, die. And she opens the door to the room and, and then the squid, squid thing grabs her. Grab it and then like pull it in and she shuts the door again. And she's like, or maybe well, she no, doesn't. no, it's, she doesn't shut the door. Oh, yeah. She's just, just like, yeah, she, and the, the door's like open and the guy's like holding, the engineer's like holding himself at the door. Like this whole scene, it's pre- goes on pretty long and keeps coming yeah. back to it. But I really like it because I like the engineer like being so strong that he could like theoretically be fighting this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I like this long struggle because it shows how strong like the engineers were. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it, it does. It it sticks its tongue in its his mouth yeah, and then kills him. It's got more arms. <laughs> and then than he has. fucking, it's just like a giant face hugger, pretty much. Pretty it just kind of sits on him. And then she goes and picks up David, and they fly off, pretty much. Yeah, and she's basically like, he's like, all right, well, back to Earth, and she's like, no, I gotta go meet. Yeah, she's like, I want to go where they're from, and he's like, why? She's why would like, you want to do that? No. He's like, he's like, all right, well, I don't understand. And she's like, well, that's because I'm human and you're a robot. And he's like, oh, you fucking you fucking you. <laughs> and then, yeah, they take off and fly off. And, uh, yeah, I, I always, like, was really excited for the next movie because I always wanted to see what Shaw did next and see, like, the engineer's home planet. And Is that not what happens? I'm not going to say a single thing, but... Oh, good. It, it both, it, like, it technically delivers like it answers any questions I might have just doesn't answer them well I think you'll watch the next movie and you'll see exactly why I didn't like it mm, good um 
And I'd be okay if they at, like if they wanted to go a different route, but they could have made it good at least. But it's really <laughs> it's like next level bad. Do whatever you want, just make a good movie. Like it's literally more of a slasher movie than like the original Alien is. Oh. Like it because at least Alien is like a well made slasher movie that has like good tension and you know. It's, like, built up, but this movie, like, literally has, like, throwaway characters that, like, there's a scene where it's literally, like, a couple having sex in the shower, and then the xenomorph comes and kills them, and it's like, that is... The xenomorph comes and has sex with them as well. (laughs) I wish. Um, But, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm not... I hate Alien Covenant. I thought it was bad. I'll watch the... I'll probably... Is it worse than Resurrection? If you remember Resurrection at all? I, I barely remember Resurrection. I remember things about Resurrection. Um, I I think I dislike Alien Covenant so much, not because I think it's necessarily like the worst installment of the series, which I, I can't necessarily say because there are things I do like about it. Like I said, I like the Michael Fassbender stuff and it is a generally well shot movie. It yeah. looks good. But... Um, I have such a personal distaste for it because it basically takes everything I liked from this movie and shits on it. Sounds like The Rise of Skywalker. I still haven't seen that, so yeah. I can't Just say. Don't. I'll probably, at this point, I'll probably watch it once it hits DVD. Um, because I don't, I don't think I'm going to make it to the theater for this one, nor do I even think I should try. Based off what 100% of the internet says. Alright. Um, yeah. Let's talk about some of the things Pierre doesn't like about the movie. Because I don't think Pierre likes this movie. Okay. Um, most of Pierre Pierre's thoughts are... Um, Pierre really doesn't like it when a film tries to go for realism, which I do think that Prometheus, for being like a sci-fi film, tries to be a more realistically grounded film. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he doesn't like um, things like a he he doesn't like that a bioweapon was like the xenomorphs are like a bioweapon made because it's just like makes no sense to use a bioweapon when you could just like fucking like if you have interstellar travel why wouldn't you just fucking like bomb a planet instead of using a bioweapon like that which i can get i don't really dis i don't really agree yeah, like it's I, like but see see my my main like thing with that is uh this film has a lot of, like, kind of air of mystery about it. Like, if yeah. you're watching it for the first time. So, it has, like, questions that could be raised like that. That you would think would be explored in the sequels, maybe. But, obviously. Yeah. It didn't, oh, one thing um, I was going to bring up. But, um, oh, hold go, on. Go uh, one more thing on that point. I do I do agree um, with Pierre on that point, kind of. not Not necessarily, like... The use of bioweapons specifically, but I don't... This On a is, planetary scale, at least. Well, no, it, I, I don't really like that the xenomorphs were, like, the bioweapon. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of the xenomorphs just being an alien species that exists out there. Yeah. Like, um, I don't really think they needed this convoluted backstory where it's like... They made them. Yeah, and you'll you'll see the like actual through line in the next movie on how like the 
contemporary xenomorph is made. Um, but it's like, yeah, like I, I, it's it's okay. But honestly, just to separate it from Alien more, I would have maybe had it so it was like this disease or something instead of the because it, it really it's it's a weird when you think of the specifics of like this black goo that they have because it infects somebody and then they have to sleep with somebody who then gives birth to this thing that impregnates somebody and it's like it's this weird convoluted chain that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense yeah. It's um, just, it has too many powers. That's yeah. one of the bad things about a lot of horror films. That's one of the big reasons I didn't like The Grudge. Mm, like, yeah. Kayako had way too many powers. She could just do whatever the fuck she wants. Yeah, exactly. The Black Koo is too too much power. Um, he also doesn't necessarily like the Geiger aesthetic because, uh, not he says it looks good, but that it's not, like, ergonomic and it just kind of makes everything make less sense. Like, why the fuck the ship look like that? That's, why that's the point, though. What? To Geiger's work. To, mm-hmm. like... Because you... Well, yeah, but people people cannot, like... Oh, yeah. Because, you know, his... I, 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 mean, I, I like Geiger, but, you know, I, I don't fault people for being like that. He he purposely designs stuff to be like, why, why it look like that. Fair enough. Um... But his his one of his big issues was that same like lack of safety concerns from everyone, which was my issue with this and Alien and like aliens. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Why is it in everyone? Um, but one of the big things that I saw Ridley Scott say, but he didn't want to be too on the nose, but he was talking about how like they they were gonna launch that weapon like two thousand years before to Earth. Which was right around the same time uh, of Jesus. So Ridley Scott has said that fucking an engineer may have been Jesus. Yeah, no, I've, I've heard him talk about that before. And um, that's a, I think that's a little too on the nose there. Yeah, no, I agree. Also, and there, there's also like, like nine feet tall. I don't think Romans could take one. Um, there's also like. I mean, obviously, there's kind of, like, a slight Mary Shaw. Like, it's very basic, but obviously, like, yeah. she can't have kids, and then she gives birth to this, yeah. um, obviously, like, it's saying that higher Jesus form of life. But, yeah. No, I definitely, and I, like I said, I like the themes in this movie more than Alien, because Alien, I think, is a pretty... It's it's slasher movie. Yeah, I think it's pretty shallow, but its execution is good. I think. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, is much less shallow. Yeah, it's a lot I don't know ambitious. if its execution is quite as good. Like, yeah. I, like I said, I wasn't the biggest fan of Alien. And honestly, if I'm, I'm just going to say it here, I probably liked Prometheus just a little more. Because mm. I'm giving this spoiler. I'm saying my score. I gave this one a six. But I think it's just a slightly higher six than the Alien six I gave. Mm. Yeah, um, I watch this movie more than I watch Alien, mm-hmm. so I probably enjoy it more, but... But you appreciate Alien more? Yeah, because yeah. like I said, Alien is just like a really well-executed film, and this movie is much more ambitious than Alien, but 
in terms also, of Also, I guess I, I, I like the characters a lot more in this movie. Like, mm. at least most of them. Like, Ripley, I think, is a pretty good character, but I don't really think she's that good of a character until, like, an hour and a half into a two-hour movie. Yeah. Uh, this one, I think that, like, there are interesting characters from the, like, the first minute... And not all of them are interesting. I don't really like how they used uh, Fifield and Milburn. I kind of like them, but I don't think their dialogue is very good. Yeah. Um, I kind of like how they kind of seemed a little gay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, But... And but most of the characters I didn't mind. The only character I like actively didn't like the writing for was Holloway. Yeah. Just because I'm just like, he's just being antagonistic for no reason. Yeah. They, they it's not even. It didn't even like the film. Didn't even try to make him seem like an asshole either. It yeah. just kind of felt like he was. No, he's a good guy. Yeah. It, look, I would love to see like somebody take Prometheus and turn it into like instead of like this movie. If they were to do like a ten episode anime out of it or something, or mm. a series where they could explore the characters a little deeper and explore more of these ideas a bit more. I wish they had separated this from Alien even more, though. Like, I no, like, like the I, Alien mural thing, the Xenomorph, that shouldn't have been there. Like, that, that was... And then we forgot to mention the scene, the, like, actual end scene where the, the proto-Xenomorph, like, jumps out of the engineer. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, it's like... Because I don't really like that scene either. Yeah. I like the, the engineer just dying. <laughs> Yeah, but you know there there are quite a lot of things I liked about the movie. I just thought it had a lot of issues as well, which is fine. I, you know, I still I thought it was worthwhile of my time, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like it was wasted. And I enjoyed it. And I even though I I haven't loved any alien movies yet, I'm excited to see more, even if they're bad. I just I like watching series in full. Well, you've only got the bad ones left. I mean, I'm not done with Aliens yet. Yeah, you, you've got you've got a few minutes. I don't know. What if I just love Alien 3? You might. I mean, it, it's got some... Alien 3, like I said, it's it's kind of... I kind of feel about that one how I feel about this, only um, more negatively. Mm-hmm. Where I think it's got some good stuff in it, but it's just mixed around with a lot of bad stuff. Gotcha. But I like the Sigourney Weaver shaved her head. I like that. I think it's bold. Bold, beautiful, love. Um, and there is one iconic shot from the movie, um, where like the xenomorph is like right up in her fucking face. I really like that. And there's there's some decent characters in three. Um, I just wish they would do a bit more with them. And then yeah, four four is like a fucking like it. Four is the one. Out of any of them, that, like, jumps the shark a little bit. It's mm. just like, oh, wow, this one's very strange in tone compared to the other three. Because three is bad, but it, it's got, like, a serious tone through it. Is four, like, a goofy? <laughs> a four is pretty goofy, from what I remember. It's got, like, Brad Dourif in it. And Maybe it, I'll like four. You, you probably will. If I had to guess, you'll probably walk away at least being like, I think I enjoyed that one quite a bit. <laughs> for, um, I'm gonna like make a video why Alien 4 is the best film ever um, made Winona Ryder's in it I'm pretty sure oh. I I haven't seen it since I was a little kid like so it's been a long time but um yeah <laughs> Ron Perlman's in it oh yeah so it, it's 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 watchable it's got things I, I could pick that 
in the podcast. If you want to. I'm not going to. I have to. Uh, yeah, so I gave it a six. What'd you give it? Um, I know originally you gave it a seven. Is that still where you're at? Here's what I'm going to say. Okay. I think, in reality, this movie is a six, but I like it so much, I'm going to give it a seven. No, no, I mine's a pretty high six. It's almost a seven. Like probably be like a six point eight, six point nine, because that's a funnier number. But like (laughs) Alien for me, I would probably give like a six point five. Just it's still a good movie. Yeah, people get people got so mad at me when I gave it a six. Guys, come on! Like I said, I get it. And be, uh, somebody somebody commented on my review. They're like, "You're gonna fucking hate Alien Covenant." Oh, dude, Alien Covenant. I can't. I can't wait to talk to you about that one because I've been holding I back. Most a likely, lot. I'll probably watch it today. Like, I might watch it after you leave. the The only time I'm I'll, I'll be willing to rewatch it is if Ridley Scott does like the final one in this trilogy. Would you watch case. all of them or just this trilogy? Oh, probably. Depend on how I feel after the third one, probably, since it Yeah. That's where it like joins. I'd probably at least be like, ah oh, fuck. I gotta at least rewatch Alien. Yeah. Uh yeah, so six point five for us. Still a pretty good movie. I, I enjoyed it. Uh yeah. It's funny because it's my current favorite alien in the franchise of the three I've seen. I haven't finished Aliens, but I know it's not gonna be. Mm. I I have not enjoyed it. Game over, man. Game over. Is that where that's from? Oh yeah. Yeah. I Bill because Paxton. I saw him say that I'm like, is that I didn't realize I do like Bill Paxton in the movie. I yeah. like Bill Paxton, so. Um okay. What's your pick for next week? Old movie. Uh it's a film directed by Wim Wenders. It's Wim called Wim Wenders? Yes. I don't think I'm familiar. He does uh, Wings of Desire um, and a few others. But the movie I'm picking by him is called Paris, Texas. Oh, shit. I've been meaning to watch Paris, Texas for a long time. Cool. Yeah, me too. So. Harry Dean Stanton. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So. I I thought of this like a week ago. I'm like, I've been meaning to watch this movie. Because I, I for a modern pick, I was thinking about picking this Harry Dean Stanton movie. But I was like, eh, I want to like watch one, some of his earlier movies before I do that. So, and I haven't seen this one, so I thought it would be good. And my pick just came on the Criterion Channel. Yes. Oh shit! Okay, I'm adaptation. I'm down. I've been meaning to watch this movie for. Yeah, I know, and I'm like, I need to talk to somebody about this, so I'm gonna make you watch it. Yeah, dude, I'll fucking watch Adaptation. Yeah, Nick Cage, which I think currently this is my favorite of the Cage films. It's mm-hmm. it's I one mean, of I can't blame you. Charlie Kaufman is But also he's a Nick Cage because he plays twins in the movie. Yeah. He's I, fucking I saw like the first two minutes and I was like I was like, oh, I gotta read the book first. And I bought the Orchid Thief. And I have it, and I read like the first like couple chapters, and then I got really bored. Because it's a book about a guy who steals flowers, and it's like yeah. it goes very in depth. And I, I think I you like that, the movie a lot. Yeah, I know that the movie <laughs> is like about nothing like that. Yeah, Charlie Kaufman just like I'm just gonna kind of write my own thing. Yeah, he mostly I, just wrote it about himself writing um, it. Yeah, because I, I I was Charlie Kaufman is like my favorite fucking <laughs> filmmakers out there. Like I love Charlie Kaufman. Mm. You're Charlie Kaufman because uh, his Netflix movie is coming out yep. this year. Uh, I'm thinking of ending things, which I read the book for that. Um, 
pretty interesting book. I'm interested to see what he's going to do with it because I don't imagine he'll be following the source material very closely. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he wrote a book which is coming out. Uh, it's scheduled for May. It's called Ant Kind, and it's about like movie making, but it's nice. like a fictional book. So I'm I'm excited to read that. Um, I hope he writes more books because I think he's a really good writer, and he doesn't seem to get the appreciation he deserves from the film establishment. So. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna say something else. Oh yeah, but I've like listened to a lot of interviews with him, and he's talked. Oh, does he have a pretty weird voice? From the looks of it, he looks like he no, would have he, kind of a funny. He's, he's kind of meek. He's very like, kind right. of like shy guy. Hi, um, my name's Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> yeah, not quite that meek, but. Um, yeah, no, he's he's great. Um, and I, there, he's talked like because lots of people will bring up adaptation when they're interviewing him because his early like his first. Four movies are like that sweet spot that people like to talk to him about from being John Malkovich over to uh, Eternal Sunshine. Being John Malkovich is also a pretty, pretty great movie. Oh, I, yeah, I love it. I've got screenplay. I've got Blu-ray. I don't have the Criterion Blu-ray, though. I have like a, a fucking UK Blu-ray. So I'll have to get the Criterion for that. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to another epic podcast. Don't forget to tell your grandmother. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you later. Adios.